And welcome to episode 241 of the Saturn Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined this week by my phantasmal co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. This week we were coming at you with the suspenders edition of the cast. That's right. We're paying tribute this week to our favorite item of clothing for ska people. I don't say people who listen to ska. They are ska people. It's like a juggalo. It's like adjacent to that thing. And the suspenders are key. As is the parking lot in which you shoot heroin (laughs) with the rest of your ska band. My my throwing coach and also guidance counselor from high school got me into Streetlight Manifesto. So the only acceptable ska band is Sublime. I'm sorry to say. What about Sublime with Rome? The best band name change in the world. I think I that was. No a, I think that was like when Queen changed their name to be Queen with whoever they got to replace Freddie Mercury. Because <laughs> I, yeah, they got they, their lead uh, lead singer. I think died, and then of a heroin. They were overdose. just like, "Hey, we're <laughs> doing auditions for new main guy," and some guy was like, "Hey, I'm Rome," and they're like, "All right." Welcome I to the band. Nothing. I'm not as I made nothing in common about Scott. We went way too deep <clears throat> because it's not it's not the same. It's just not the same. <laughs> True. My, yeah, it is not my the only same. In fact, you, have Jake. a new person. Yeah, it's different, <laughs> and I don't like change. I'm an old white man. I'm very adverse <laughs> to change. Yes, bring us back to the good old days, like the old 17, 1800s, some of that shit. <laughs> Anyways, as always, we're coming at you live from the Goosebumps warehouse where we're taking everything out of the old storage containers, dusting them off, putting in our VHSs, that is also called Netflix, and uh, taking a trip down memory lane with Jake's pick. Having a faulty latch on our uh, briefcase causing our our manuscripts that we're just carrying on a fucking hill for some reason to fly across town. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> scatter my lovelies go i don't care if you're not aerodynamic you'll get there like the i just imagine G. <laughs> i i don't even imagine like what would happen in that scene i just imagine the guy in the set who's on that hill and they're like J- johnson you botched the you botched the wind the, the wind wasn't right we got to pick them all up and go again ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, son of a pup given the budget of these episodes i would assume that they just did one take and however the wind took them that was what they were gonna use well they they had the intern who was really like he was their star intern and he had the bright idea to bring a fan so that they had some wind even if the wind wasn't blowing (laughs) and they spent their last budget on that yeah Every now I, and then they had some special effects and some some uh, either green screen or CG and it was just mm, oh my just god kiss. the green screen was just phenomenal uh, so choice good. on their part. So Peter oh, watched gave... all of the Goosebumps. Yep. We were originally just gonna do like we each pick one uh, set and do like a book report on all of them, which I think is an interesting format. Um, but Peter was a little over ambitious. So Peter, I think, is the one who would have seen young Ryan Gosling in, uh, what was it, Say Cheese and Die or whatever? 
Oh, I didn't watch all the Goosebumps. Oh. I just watched all your Goosebumps. I yeah, took, see. Okay. He took our picks, yeah. So, no one saw Young Ryan Gosling. <laughs> no one saw. Um, but I, I, I have some. I feel we have some. There are some interesting cameos and some interesting repeat performances between a couple of these. Um, so now I have some intense headcanon about the Goosebumps. All right, well, we'll get to that uh, at the appropriate time. But first, we begin the show as we do most every week with Trey Watcher, our weekly trailer roundup and review segment where we jump to harsh judgments based on two-minute clips of movies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To be fair, those two-minute clips are often movie synopses. Yes. Um, I would say that we have a pretty good track record of picking winners and losers on Trey Watch, so it's not mm-hmm. with, completely useless. With some notable exceptions, I remember um, we're gonna. So the the main event today is the all the new Disney Plus stuff that they rolled out for their board members this week. Uh, and on that note, I remember my first reaction to Into the Spider Verse was, "Oh no, Luke it's Warm another Spider." Best, yes, <laughs> yes, and. Uh, so that one will be that will be a stain, and it's swept. My... Uh, it, that's your Nintendo Switch will be a failure. That's my yeah. big swing and a miss on this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we won't miss because there there's so much Marvel. There's so so much all of this Marvel Disney, um, both Too actual much. trailers and announced projects. Um, I guess we can just kind of. Lump them all together here. Yeah, I figured um, the fuck not. So let's go first. Loki. It's it's there between this and like the mountain of the the multiverse of madness that they're gonna try out. Um and the and like what if because that's another one that they showed was their animated what if series. Um, and I guess Wandavision too. They're really leaning into like all right. So we did like ten years of solid like popcorn movie people get what's going on let's throw in a dash of what the fuck just throw a pinch of it yeah they're doing they're doing some experimental stuff which uh is fine i guess i don't have a huge issue with it i uh don't know how good a lot of these are gonna be i i don't know it it seems to me that disney is is getting a little too um ambitious with the number of projects that they are i agree especially with like star wars um i had messaged you guys after they made all the announcements uh you know you had superhero fatigue get ready for star wars fatigue where it's just gonna be like it's just gonna be too much like i don't know disney is a is a very powerful corporation they've got very deep pockets but there is a finite number of resources you can commit to something and when you have so many projects, the chances of them each getting the like intention and budget they need to be successful, very small. And the pool of talent you can have working on them gets stretched thin. The mm-hmm. one other thing I'll say about it is I, I also wonder if they're kind of trying the approach where they're just like, let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Okay, we tried out Mandalorian, that worked, that that was fine. We did like we went all out for that one, but let's see what different projects we can do and what the audience likes. So, like, if they made another Mandalorian clone, like, um, I don't know if they, I don't know which how, 
what all the announced ones was, but if there was like a Boba Fett series or something like that, that might not do as good because we already have Mandalorian. But we have Visions, which is the anime-styled one. That may hit a different nerve with the audience and then actually do really well, even though they're, it's a completely different format. It, um, so they may right. cancel one and then do another one. Yeah, I, I also don't wonder think how these are going to have a lot of staying power. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially like especially ones that have like like Kenobi. Because um, mm-hmm. like the way I thought of Kenobi was like, okay, it's just going to be like a one series thing and then done, tell a story and then leave. Like how how much do you really want more of a Kenobi series? Like, yes, we all love them, but like, yeah, I don't want we that have to a, run we to have six a, seasons. <laughs> we have a finish line. Like, we know where he started. <laughs> we know where he ends. It's like, are they really going to stretch that 30-year period? Didn't, well, didn't fucking stop Dragon Ball Super. It didn't stop, uh, didn't stop the Clone Wars. <laughs> like, we knew the beginning and of the end that's point. that's the other thing, too. They squeezed, they have, you have two whole series with the man. Right? It's uh, Clone Wars and... Um, Rebels. Rebels, yeah. Yeah. So well, Clone there's... Wars was a little bit different where they could do like side stories and like like introduce different characters. It wasn't all about Ahsoka Tano and Anakin and Obi-Wan. Sometimes it was just about Obi-Wan. Sometimes it was just about Anakin. Sometimes it was just clones. Like they had just clone episodes. And it followed mm-hmm. a story with there for like four or five episodes. But this is just like Obi-Wan. Like, at some point, he was sitting on Tatooine, just jacking it, just not doing anything. <laughs> like, at, at what point is that going to happen? I think I know what's what the storyline is going to be about because the prequel, tr- uh, not prequel, uh, original trilogy kind of hinted towards a possible story. If mm-hmm. you know what I mean. You like know what they? The Death Star. Yeah, you know what they really should do. They, they should do before they cash out a Kenobi is um, the the dad movie, as we will see later in Trey Watch, the dad, the secret agent dad movie is becoming popular again. It's getting popular again. They need to make one with Kenobi where like some tu- some some punks, some Tuscan Raiders come up and they they threaten Luke. No, we want like, you don't know who I am, do you? <laughs> I'm part of a special order of space knights called the Jedi, and I <laughs> my skills are specially trained to fuck you up. And then he punches everyone, and he pulls out his his automatic space rifle, and he goes bop, 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 and he and he shoots the space drug lords in the desert because that's where we're at in movies right now. They should just remake the original trilogy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Kurt would be like, I'm a fucking, I'm a Excuse me. Cure you? Um, (laughs) I think that's, that's, I I joke about that, but like, I could sort of see Disney doing that. Oh, for sure I could see Disney doing that, but they shouldn't. (laughs) No, they shouldn't. Oh, no, 100% not. No, fuck them. Then go die in a hole. I mean, if it's fucking... I feel like when something is put into the Library of Congress to preserve, that's your cue to, like, we don't remake this. Like, Let's not touch this IP. We'll just let this stand on its own. <laughs> mm. um, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, sorry. We got sidetracked no, there for a bit. But, like, Loki. Fine. You brought up Loki, which we actually did get a trailer for. 
Um, very interesting concepts that they're bringing up. Uh, I like where they're going with this. I like Owen Wilson. I like Owen Wilson. I don't know how much he's going to be in it, um, but we have Loki, who's been captured by the TVA, which is the Time Variant or Time Variance Association or Authority. Authority, sorry. Uh, they're like the Time Cops. Uh, they go around. And they're like, "Hey, if you uh, if you broke the law via time, uh, we're gonna get you." And I think part of that is like. I think Loki is the like current evidence that they have against like uh, for like people meddling with the timeline. So I think they're gonna get Loki to like work with them and maybe do some mm-hmm. shit. It's still a little a vague. procedural cop show with Loki would be uh, an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah, especially like going through time and from what it seems like because they showed two uh, certain things about it. Or well, one specific thing about it, where Loki is dressed up as DB Cooper, yes, and he jumps from a plane and, and gets the, uh, uh, bifrosted. I'm all in to Thor stop Catum. it right there. Disney, we all know that DB Cooper's true identity is Tommy Wiseau. Don't yes. try to retcon real life. Okay. Secretly, well, this was funded partially by Tommy Wiseau to get people off of his trail. Dude. People were getting too wise. I just had a Jimmy Neutron brain blast. We need to recast Loki with Tommy Wiseau. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to say Tommy Wiseau is Loki. That's why Yo, he how? That's why he can no one knows who he is or where he came from. He he shapeshifted and he came how? on to the, how funny would it be if they like had Loki do like a shape shifting thing, and one of his shape shifts was like Tommy Wiseau? <laughs> I don't I know think, that I'd call I, that funny. I'd call that beautiful. That'd be a work of modern art. I think the internet would collectively lose their shit. That would belong in the MoMA. Oh hi yeah. Thor! Oh hi Thor! Oh hi Thor! Oh hi Iron Man! <laughs> I did not hit her. I did not. He takes the hammer. He, he like just uh. he pats fucking uh, Hulk on it, on the head. Nice doggy. <laughs> <laughs> You're my favorite demigod. Thank you. Um, so we saw we saw that uh, we saw some crazy things in in the Loki trailer, just like Loki running for president. Um, there possibly being a uh, female Loki. Uh, we didn't see that in the trailer. People Floki. have seen that from like set shots. Uh, where there was, there's a an actress who has an important role. Jeez, who has they haven't even made yet. the show yet, and they're already doing a female-led reboot. Come on, Hollywood. I think it's, <laughs> oh, I think it's something from like the comics where Loki's soul gets transferred into a probably uh, female they do a form. lot of sh- a lot of weird. They got female Thor, and they're gonna get female Loki. Yeah, and they're gonna they're getting into some the deep lore of, uh, of of Marvel. That's for sure. With the Time Variant Association, also the Eternals coming out later. So well, yeah, like I said, this is uh, all these trailers are like well, they can the go whole fucking Marvel, weird now. Marvel Universe, cinematic universe, started with like C list comic book characters, like Iron Man. No one really gave a shit about before the movie came out. Thor was like. Thor didn't even have a comic book for years <laughs> when the movie came out. Like they really scraped, but they made it work, and now they're some of the more popular characters in Marvel. 
So, I mm-hmm. mean, congratulations to them for, for pulling that off. But yep. but I think they might be getting a little too uh, big for their britches with some of the deep cuts they're taking. Like, this would be mm-hmm. the equivalent. So, let's say that the script was flipped and DC was being super successful and, like, could do no wrong. And they took some C-list heroes and made them into big movies. Um like if they decide we're going to do on HBO Max a, a Challengers of the Unknown series like <laughs> that's the tier we're talking about here with the time can i get my red tornado movie please <laughs> no i still the question i mean without a doubt like a red tornado I or feel like, like what that, that cowboy is such an, uh outlaw <laughs> yeah outlaw power girl can i get my miracle man and big barda prison prison break movie <laughs> um i want right, to see keep... granny goodness in justice league 2 or i will refund my ticket price <laughs> and they'll get oh wait who they um they'll get judy dench because she'll do anything now actually you know what if you were like kurt who would you cast as granny goodness i would probably come up with judy dench because who else is old and gruff enough to pull that off Betty White. I mean, I no, no, that's too comedic. She's yeah. Um, Betty White pull that off. Maybe like uh, a, a Jane, not Jane Lynch. Who's the other one? I was gonna say Jane Austen. It's not whatever. Maybe it's not a real person. I'm just thinking of something. It's me, Jane Austen. Oh, oh son of a bitch! Quick sidebar, Stone Peter. Did Jane you Austen? did you watch War Games? I actually didn't. Oh, Not yet. you have to watch War Games because uh, the they revealed who who Johnny Gargano's ghost face was, and it was uh, it called back to that, and I loved it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Um, we gotta keep rolling on these trailers because yeah. we took a lot of time talking about. We got four of these yeah. things. We got oh, like yeah, four well, or five. So, like I think Loki's Loki and uh, the Winter Soldier. Uh, sorry, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. WandaVision, I think, got a new trailer, but we saw a lot of it already. So mm-hmm. the Winter Soldier getting a full trailer was, I think, more important. Uh, I, I didn't really see much of it in it. Like, I think we saw the villain. There's a mask with, like, a red hand on him. Um, Sebastian Sands got a new cut. Just looking all dope. Yeah. Looking like Luke Skywalker over here. Yeah, young Mark <laughs> Hamill. Um... um the uh, yeah, it's it. This is the one that they need to say. So we, we need like a generic action show for our lineup coming out because yeah. they got the Loki because Tom Hiddleston. They got WandaVision for all the the weird stuff, and they get those are both weird stuff. Um, they got uh, they're gonna talk about Miss Marvel. I guess they're casting for that. Um, and they're so they're like, we just need two two easy leads doing action stuff with CG. All right, this is it. Boom. Yeah. Um, is is there a Hawkeye trailer coming out? Is there a Hawkeye one too? Uh, so Hawkeye is premiering on Disney Plus in late fall 2021. Okay, so that's Studio not ready confirmed yet. that Haley Steinfeld will be appearing in this series. Oh, what? Uh, so I don't think there's a trailer yet for it. Uh, but they're probably filming right now if it's premiering fall 2021. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's them, and he gets to fly around. There's a scene where he does the canyon chase, and you're like, oh, cool, flying. Oh, I guess adventure. they rebooted Miss Marvel. And I was unaware of Yes. It. And this is part of what Jake said is that this is this whole lineup, this board, this was for their board 
and then by proxy everyone else as like yeah. a big hype event. Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, if you've seen like I, if you ever seen like Defunct Land, you know that Disney can be very mechanical about a lot of these things and very uh, methodical or programmatic. While at the same time, you know, sometimes not being very well planned out. But that's not the part I'm caring about. What I'm saying is. Not only are they doing different genres and trying out different things to see what'll what'll catch with the with the crowd and what they can leap on, they're also trying. Um, they're taking this opportunity to do different like PR styles because you have like the regular trailers, you got the weird trailers, and you have like this for Miss Marvel. They're doing like the behind the scenes, like um, here's the here's the the people who are making the show. Look at us, the people making the show, and um, they're. Leaping on the diversity angle, which is fine. I get it. Yeah, it when makes you sense. when you said Miss Marvel, I got really confused because that was what Carol Danvers' moniker was originally. That's who uh, Rogue stole her powers from. Um, right. And I was like, they already made a Captain Marvel movie. What the? Fuck? And uh, apparently, so there have the been four people who have had the moniker of Miss Marvel: Carol Danvers, Sharon Ventura. Carla Sofin and then Kamala Khan, who is the most recent. And this one is premiered in 2013. Yes. 16 year old Pakistani American from Jersey City. Ugh. Gross. So Jersey if I City. remember correctly, because we we played as her during um Ultimate Alliance, right? And she was one of the uh the new what's the new mutants, the ones that live on the alien planet that come down? Like that whole race. They have the, the teleporting dog. Uh, oh, the Thunderbolts? No. Um, the Immortals? Um, the Immortals, I think. She's one of the Immortals, I think, and came down and she's like, I'll be a superhero now. And so she's kind of playing on the same field. And this is what I'm, I'm going to judge this fucking show on this versus Spider-Verse because this is, she's, um, she kind of plays in the same space as like the Peter Parker teen hero um, just starting out sort of deal full of full of youthful vigor and naivete and i believe she has like uh was it super strength and like stretchy shape-shifty powers because she yeah one of her moves is like she makes she just hits him with a big fist she's the colossal, big fist. colossal elastic boy yeah <laughs> exactly um so, so uh we also a lot of the other stuff is just like announcements and updates uh, oh, for Marvel, LA's, and the Marvel side of things. So we got more stuff from What If, uh, uh, mm -hmm. talking about the, some of the voice acting cast that's going to be in there. Uh, Foggy also went up and talked about some smaller new series that will be coming. I, I don't expect these until like 2023, maybe 2024. Uh, Ironheart, uh, which is about an engineering protege, Riri Williams. Uh, something about armor no, wars. No, they're not <laughs> making Riri Williams a thing. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Wait, wait. I so love that. I it? love that Jake was, was like, this what is Riri, this Riri Williams? Williams. Riri Williams is the worst fucking, like, diversity for diversity's sake character they've ever made oh like oh it's black iron lady nothing <laughs> goes wrong in her life but she still 
cries like discrimination like she has like a complex where she wants to be discriminated against the worst care like universally panned like if you i don't know if it's still up there but if you look up her wikipedia for a while it was just like a scathing critique of the character <laughs> that's hilarious um also oof uh so i don't know about that uh it's gonna be starring Dominique Thorne, so hopefully I don't hit the nail on the head. But I don't know. Who knows? What was she in? Uh, I don't know who she's what she's in. So okay. um, Armor Wars, uh, what quote, which examines one of Tony Stark's biggest fears, but that has Don Cheadle in it. No mention of uh, 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 Art Robert Downey Jr. actually being in it. Uh, Secret Invasion. Um, and it's previous the previously rumored Nick Fury led series that will see Samuel L. Jackson reprise his role. I just looked at uh, her uh, Wikipedia, and no, the, uh, <laughs> the scathing critique of the character is not still up in the reception area. <laughs> maybe they maybe they improved the character, but I just remember when it first yeah. showed up that oh my god, it was so bad. Like Miles Morales, they kind of botched the launch of, but Riri Williams like was like Miles Morales on fucking super steroids in terms of how poorly they implemented the character. Yeah. Um, so the, some of the other new things, uh, Gardens of Galaxy holiday special for Disney Plus due in 2022. Yeah, that tracks. I think they also talked a little bit about Volume 3 coming out, uh, which is still set to be directed by Gunn, uh, set for 2023, and an I Am Groot uh, short series. Uh, starring Groot. Um, and then oh. the rest of it was just updates on uh, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Miss Marvel, and Captain Marvel 2. Uh, they talked a little bit about Kamala Khan being in Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel 2. Um, so maybe that's something where they're... Oh, you know, is that, that they're going to tell the story of how she becomes Miss Marvel? And like, that sort of thing? Yeah. That's fine. Girls possibly, get it yeah, done. Possibly. So I, I think... I think that might be the start of where we start to see some of the uh, Disney Plus series leak into the movies, um, and then we start getting this uh, crisscross applesauce, yeah, mash crisscross famous rappers. Put it all in a bowl. Nineties <laughs> month, yeah. Chris Mix Cross. it up. We're gonna you put got, our clothes on you. backwards. <laughs> crisscross. Um, oh, crisscross. And as well as uh, some other small things. Uh, Black Panther 2, not recasting Chadwick Boseman, so I'm not sure what they're doing with that. Uh, Ant-Man, The Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, Sounds like a mobile game. That's going to be the third Ant-Man movie, uh, so they finally have a title for that. Uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse. Can I ask, why the fuck did Ant-Man get three movies? (laughs) Paul Paul Rudd, man, is funny, I guess. Everyone, everyone likes funny. Paul Rudd. I, you put that on his headshot. America, funny, America I guess. loves Paul Rudd. And then, uh, the, I guess, I guess one of the bigger announcements um, is that they confirmed that they are developing a new Fantastic Four movie. Uh, oh yeah, I heard about that. Not, not sure. No, it's, no because that's worked uh, every time they've done it. It's been just a banger every reboot. That's why it keeps coming back. Yeah, but it's never been. I guess it's never been held by Marvel, and that's why. It's always been made by Sony. Okay. And I don't know if that's the problem. I 
doubt it. I don't know. I, it's, I want it's a there hard to, to adapt franchise. I guess so. To develop four characters in the course of a movie, and you know, well, you're always I, gonna lean on one. I think it was always because um, I feel like a lot of the trouble is how the scenario uh, was. It's just a tough to adapt scenario. Which, if they're if they're leading the the Marvel fan base into weird world with these new shows, then they'll be fine. Because in they were kind of like that explorers of the unknown sort of like team of Hanna-Barbera mystery guys. We're solving the case. We're going on a science adventure. Um, and that's how like they how they got their powers. They got cosmic rays. Ooh. Honestly, what would be nice is if they did something like that, but they just didn't do an origin story. They did something like similar to like Spider Man, where they're like, you you know how they got their powers by this point. Mm. And if you don't, I don't know what to do. Go watch <laughs> the beginning of the last three movies that came out. Go go just watch dejected. Just watch just watch just... the um uh, the opening to the cartoon. From 1994, yeah. and you'll be told uh, and told. Maybe in. just put that in there. Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, just have that be the opening to the thing. Yeah, just completely disconnected. And then, and then do adventure. like just zany adventures. Dude, they were hit by cosmic rays. I fucking love that. As intro. long as as long as the thing can have his uh, his city accent, you Yancy Street thugs, you Yancy Street punks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess let's, uh, move into Star Wars now. Um, so that's pretty much everything oh, with Marvel. God. Uh, the other big IP that they announced, um, was their Star Wars stuff. So some of the notable things that came out were a trailer for the Bad Batch. Um, and the Bad Batch were introduced in season seven of the Clone Wars, uh, as just like a two episode arc or something like that and it was real quick they were kind of neat whatever they were like mutant clones mm -hmm. uh and they all had like i guess different mutations that helped them uh benefit uh so this bad batch show comes out or um uh is set after order 66 and i'm not entirely sure what they're going to be doing okay. if they're that's going to be the, hunting Jedi. That's the, the TV zone been, is, is after the... I've half attention because I've been trying to find a good write-up on, on why <laughs> Riri Williams was so poorly received at the start, and I, I found a good one that isn't just a bunch of vitriol uh, and makes some, some compelling points. All right, I'll, I'll read it after. I'll, I'll, I'll put it, that in, in, no our, in our public Discord as well. <laughs> it's so funny that I was just like, I don't know who Riri Williams is. <laughs> it's just like, no, God, no, no, <laughs> no, please, no, God, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, did did y'all hear that the uh, the safe space and um, <laughs> the uh, snowflake that didn't pan out? They, what a shock! Who'd have thought that you know. Making superheroes that don't look or act like superheroes and are just there to be political statements wouldn't work. Yep. Uh, and although DC is, as as usual, they are hopping on the train a, a smidge late uh, with a book, I believe. Oh, yeah, the Black Batman? <laughs> oh, no. I'm talking about I Am Not Starfire. Oh. <laughs> look it up. Oh, there you go. Talk about the new comic book series that announced the first Black Batman. 
Oh, there's the fucking, uh, speaking of terrible DC modern shit and Batman, fucking Gotham High is probably the most... Wait, is that still up? Is Gotham High still going? I don't know if it's still going, but... It was Hair. bad. It's, oh, there's that, and then <laughs> what the they fuck is this? And they also had one for Wonder Woman, where Wonder Woman was like all purple and and chubby too. It's like I understand that you want to do body, but they're super. They're people aren't stupid. People aren't going to be like, oh, if I don't look like a literal alien, <laughs> I don't have a good enough body. Like. For Who's years, the girl in the black? Existed. Is that supposed to be a new Starfire? That's Starfire's kid. Oh. Yeah, who turns into a, like kid? a goth... Yeah, like a goth punk. Does she have yeah. any powers? I don't know. I don't know anything about this book. Do imagine being a superhero Because I don't think it's, it's, a, I don't think it's a, a comic fire. book. I think it's like a like an actual like put-together book. Okay. Um, And... I don't know. Maybe it'll be good, but like this is not. I I saw this the I first saw this on a video titled "This is how DC is gonna comp going to um, compete with manga or manga." This is this is what they're doing to try and save it from from the overseas snatching of the yeah. of the visual comic market. Yeah, because this is this is what people. That's- Tune into manga yeah, for it, yeah. Is, that's exactly his body positivity and our superheroes. I totally see how it relates to uh, manga. I totally see how this could kill Naruto or One Piece. Oh yes, of course. Yes, DC apparently does. This, They're uh, like we have to save our Boku no Pico. This definitely will replace Shaman King in the next Shonen Jump lineup. <laughs> My Hero Academia has nothing on this. Is that even a manga? Or is that anime oh. Only? Oh boy, my hero! Yeah. Uh, I have no fucking clue because I don't watch. Neither do I. But you brought you invoked I, it, it so I assumed that you had had insider knowledge that I did. I not. just know the jokes about it. <laughs> I just know the memes from it. Um, so getting back onto Star Wars, uh, real quick. So we got Bad Batch, which they actually have a trailer out for. So go watch that. Pretty neat. Uh, looks like they're actually bringing some characters in from the Mandalorian into it, so that's kind of cool. Live action to animated. Uh, well, they did the reverse uh, we also with got Ahsoka, the announcement. so I guess it makes sense. <sighs> yeah. So we got the announcement that the Mandalorian has sparked two new spinoffs, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. <laughs> you typed in Rangers uh, of the New Republic. I'm like, that's a strange choice for the next Power Rangers series. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? <laughs> So I guess that kind of hits like that covers the both both of the bases for like Star Wars fans. I feel like we have the people who love the Jedi, who love Force users, all that jazz, and then you have the other weird people who are like, no, if it's not flying a fucking ship that goes vroom and shoots lasers twenty six million times and has a clunky lock on system, then I don't want it. Uh, and that's what Rangers of the New Republic is, I guess. <laughs> they have no trailer for it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Ahsoka. Um, if they do like a directly after Rebels kind of thing, because that's the last time we saw her. Uh, and like they had a big time gap. So there's uh, room for there. It also could be like directly after The Mandalorian. We don't know. Not whole much is uh, known, but they're keeping Rosario Dawson as the Ahsoka. So. 
Maybe they make her fucking pigtails longer, whatever they are. Her hair noodles. <laughs> her noodles. So, um, now we get into some of the, uh, I guess, obscure stuff that they announced, uh, and which is going to cause some Star Wars fatigue. Uh, we have Star Wars Andor, which is uh, the show about Cassian Andor. And there's a featurette, I believe, with him on set. The actor who played him. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw that. And I was like, as soon as I saw just Andor, I'm like, you mean the one from the the movie that everyone was kind of like, eh, it's probably one. He's like Han Solo ripoff. OK, he flies plane and has robot friend. Um I mean, they could. They didn't want to recast the dude from Solo. I guess they didn't want to do the Solo series. <laughs> so, like, ah, uh, who's handsome stubble man we can cast? Uh, yeah, so- you from from that one movie. <laughs> You're Andor. Go go to Endor, Andor. It really it really does seem like they um they they have a list of like uh, boxes they need to check, like Jedi series, Ahsoka, uh, flight series. New Republic, Stubble Series, <laughs> Andor, <laughs> Han Solo clone. Um, so like they're all they're they all have like a like I said this this is the the wide range of shit that they're throwing against the wall and they're gonna see what sticks and, uh, and what people like and, and I'm sure most... I I don't mm. think there's gonna be any surprises. I mean people are loving the Mandalorian. They're gonna love Ahsoka. Um, Rangers of the New Republic, I bet, is going to be like a one season kind of thing and then die off real quick. I can't imagine it's going to be that good. Have they done that? The... Are Might they going to do... do another series? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Any word the on that? Like, ones sometimes uh... are good. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, any word on that? Like, I remember at one point they were talking about like a Coruscant, like crime drama sort of deal, like a like a mobster city thing. That might have been before. That might have been like during the um, who's a what's the while George was making stuff. Yeah, um, it, he was like, I wanted to make a like a whole TV show on Coruscant. The only thing that I could think of of doing something similar to that would be Rangers of the New Republic, where they like they have a, a part where they're in space doing missions and stuff like that, and then maybe there's a separate faction of them that like keep order on the streets of whatever uh, core inner worlds that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that could be it. Maybe. I'm not 100% sure. Um, the other thing about them throwing everything at the wall is their best case scenario here, what they're aiming for, I think, is it's classic Disney maneuver, especially with their like aggressive, their real aggressive push lately is um, everything's a different genre, at least a little bit. A little different. So if they get, if all of these get traction, that means they have their, the mouse has its mouse tentacles in every type of show and it, it pulls back to one of their two big properties. So if you're a, if you're a horror fan, oh, there's, there's a Marvel or Star Wars for you. If you're an adventure fan, there's Marvel or Star Wars. If you're like, they need like a comedy series. That's like the last thing is like a legit act, like sitcom. And even that's like, yeah. WandaVision, they're like, can we, can we, can we do WandaVision and get the sitcom crowd? So that might be that might be what they're doing for like Lando. I can't imagine Lando is anything other than like a comedy bit that they're doing as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I say Lando is like more comedy than I do action um, and like Deb and our stuff, but maybe it's they they might push it maybe towards a uh, like a like a James Bond sort of thing. Uh, like a debonair kind of 
agent who goes out, does a mission, and then gets the lady in the end. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That might not be Disney Plus friendly. I'm not sure. Well, Billy D. But I would love to see. Williams can like uh, barely stand. I would love to. Well, well they're going to uh, do. Childish um, Gambino. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. They, they, they're they doing the Young Lando. Right. <laughs> yes, I think they're going to do yeah, Young Lando. Using that solo. Spe- yeah, I forgot there were two Landos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be Young Lando maybe doing some, some escapades. I think um, he's back to being called so- Donald Glover now, by the way. Oh yeah, John Glover. I forgot his name just for a second. Um, so we have that. Um, so the other, the one thing that does interest me is the Acolyte. Uh, they also announced. I don't see that. Is that another? Out. That's more Star Wars shit. Yeah, more more Star Wars shit. So we have the Acolyte, uh, which is set in the new in the High Republic era. So this is before okay. everything. That's fucking. Back when Yoda was a young 500 years old or whatever. And uh, so that that might be interesting to see. Uh, the High Republic before m- Old Republic? Little. Yes. Yes, unfortunately. But maybe High Republic hints towards the Old Republic because the fans have been clamoring for fucking 26 years to give an Old Republic style. I'm conflicted. They have so much source material. I know, I know. There's a lot to work with, but I'm conflicted because oh. I love it so much. Oh. And I don't know that I trust fucking Kathleen Kennedy and cronies to handle it with tact. I I trust two two men. Two men. And yes, men. Because that's... No. Uh, and men only. It's uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. I could, yeah. If they're if they're in charge, but I saw on one of the, uh, um, I just saw a promotional image from one of the series. Uh, or no, oh, they were announcing that Patty Jenkins was gonna direct something. Um, and I saw Kathleen Kennedy was the one giving the announcement. I'm like, oh, so she's still there. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really. Well, I, that kind of puts kinda a wet like blanket on my Ma- excitement for anything coming out of this. I like what they're doing with Mandalorian, where they they have so many different directors that are like basically auditioning to get their own series, and I think that's what they're doing with this. Because we saw, I don't want to, I don't want to say her name wrong. I think it's Deborah Chong or something like that. I think it was some Asian lady who directed one of the episodes, a couple of the episodes in. Um, and Mandalorian, and she ended up getting a new uh, a series by herself. I don't know if that's listed that's here. kind of a scary thing. I I feel like with between this and the way that they'll pull on like they'll take an indie actor and like um, take him into a big project, um, it's kind of it it scares me a little bit because like now the directorial process is like a, an audition, and then dis- so it's like here. Disney has all the choice they want. A company like this has all the choice they want. So they can just pick whoever is going to follow them. And luckily, they, I think they've seen what merit there is in having a director with their own vision. Um, so hopefully they'll, you know, they'll make good choices. But they can, they can make that choice where they're just like, we just want to push our vision, the board's vision. So we'll pull on some fucking no guy. And none of you guys who actually want to make something creative... Are gonna get a series? Not right now. We need to make some money. It's cute. It's Q3, 2022. Crank out whatever fucking crank out Star Wars detours. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Chop chop. Yeah. Um. 
So I'll, I'll burn through uh, the last bit of these. So uh, we talked about Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Hayden Christensen is coming back for that. So is Ewan McGregor. So, but I mean, Hayden Christensen's reprising his role as Vader. Yeah. So I can only assume he's going to be there for the face. And mm-hmm. anything with the helmet on is going to be the other guy. Gotta hope. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like they wouldn't break the Hayden Christensen's like many things. A good actor yeah. or a good choice to play Anakin Skywalker is not one of them. Um, so we got a droid story, uh, which uh, will feature a new hero alongside R2-D2 and C-3PO. <laughs> and Kurt has Kurt left. He's got to help Kurt his buddy. Dipped. He said, nope, droid story is where I drop the line. No, I, I, heard, <laughs> I heard commotion in the kitchen. I had to make sure that my chungus wasn't fucking destroying anything. Uh, so we got Droid Story um, and then Star Wars Visions uh, the other big one is that it uh, where done? It's, it's an anthology series uh, by anime creators we spent 45 uh, oh, minutes on had, this we have five trailers we already had a fucking we already had a Sorry. Star Wars anthology short like all the you remember the Star Wars like adventures or whatever where they they did all the iconic scenes in like the anime style yeah yeah that was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that because people just made anime OPs and AMVs out of that. They just put anime yeah. openings over the, the footage. I'm like, hey, that's a show that I might actually watch. Yeah, so maybe they're doing something similar. It might be like all different kinds of styles. Uh, no, we're not done yet. <laughs> Rogue One Squadron, directed by Patty Jenkins. Uh, the next movie due out December 2023. Uh, and discuss an untitled Taika Waititi Star Wars movie uh, that has is in development. Uh, I don't think we want to really go through the uh, Pixar announcements. No. That's a lot. No, no. But I will mention got Disney Baymax series. Uh, Lightyear is a series. About oh yeah. The, about the super or about the the movie astronaut that Buzz Lightyear is based off of. Yeah, like so. Buzz Lightyear is Chris Evans. Buzz Lightyear is a merchandising toy from a popular movie in that universe, and this is that movie. Yeah. Uh, so we got some Disney Princess uh, <laughs> series, Tiana, based on the Princess of the Frog, uh, Zootopia Plus, Rey and the Last Dragon, and Canto, uh, a Moana series coming to Disney Canto Plus. I thought we were going to run through all the Pixar stuff. And, uh, I was trying to go quick. No, no, there there are a lot of Pixar announcements. I'm, I'm talking roll, on the big ones. Roll them I'm off. Done. That's it. Okay, you're I, good? That, that's okay. It. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, other trailers we have Shadow the, in, and they do exist. Shadow in the Cloud trailer <laughs> one. It's got so Chloe Grace Moretz, and I'm going to have to run through these like super speed because we've got no time. Um, fucking, it's I don't know Sky CG on par with Sky Captain: The Land of Tomorrow, which was a movie that came out in 2004, uh, and Aliens, I guess. Uh, everyone is like needlessly uh, like bullying her because she's a woman, I guess, and that's still a thing that people think happens. Um, to that extent, like, well, I, isn't this set in like older days? It's a, it's, like, a, it's on a World War II bomber. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it. Looks like the whole movie until the end is like set on it. Um, so yeah, like you're a woman, you can't shoot a gun, and then she shoots, yeah. and they're like. What? Holy uh, shit! She can pull the but trigger. But the fucking the the most egregious sin of this movie is that like Fast and the Furious would blush at the complete disregard for physics that this trailer presents. Yes, this movie looks oh. so stupid, and I kind of oh, you mean when it. the plane below her blows up and propels her back up into the yes. plane? Yes. 
that she was falling from? that. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I don't know. Gravity just <laughs> gravity just sneezed for a second, forgot to work. Its brain shut off. And then they Gravity's punch pink gremlins on a beach. Yeah, uh, it's gonna yeah, be great. That's the thing is that there's these like vampire bats that are flying around that are just like, and she's also trying to kill the. Japs. It's man bear it's pig. Like, What's happening? <laughs> It's man perfect. Yeah, I know. Someone someone fucking fell asleep watching Twilight Zone and they're like, ah, oh, it's on the wing. I'm gonna make a movie about it. Uh next trailer, nobody. It's Bob uh, Oden- Neeson. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk is getting in on the uh middle-aged dad secretly action star guy. Uh this is the same hey. people who gave us John Wick. <laughs> and it's 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 like if John Wick was more of an action comedy, I, I guess is how I would describe this. Yeah. Uh hey dads. You ever feel inadequate uh, because you feel that you can't protect your family with violence and you feel like that's a that's a bad thing? You also have that feeling like when you can beat up some dudes on a train, you're like, I could totally do that. This is this is that. We 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 took a probe. We pulled that out of your brain. We put that in the box office. Uh, pay us money now. Yeah, this is this is every dad's fantasy of like, what if I got a home invasion right now by like twenty six heavily armed guards? <sighs> They just I would play- probably go to my basement and pull out my armory and just demolish them. They this is what they play like subconsciously at like a at like a low frequency. <laughs> like they slow it way down and they play to the background of NRA conventions. Are you trying to say this is the brown note of? This is the brown dead, note of dad action movies. Dad action movies. Uh, next up, we have Midnight Sky. I would say more about this movie, but I'm not entirely certain what it's about. Uh, they're in space. Oh, I do because my trailer. I saw the I saw the trailer that was the synopsis of the movie. One of those trailers. Uh, so George Clooney, who in my head, George. Did Clunity, you say George Clooney? Yes. yes, I did. <laughs> George Clooney. George Clooney. Combination George of Clooney George Clooney and, and Sean fucking, Hannity. Yeah, Sean, oh, that's better than what I had. <laughs> I was gonna go with like a more racist. (laughs) Just George Clooney with ten times the teeth. Yes, and so much more beard. Um, so he fell from gravity. Like he, his character in Gravity, even though he died. Spoilers for Gravity. I never saw that movie, but I know that spoiler. Uh, He fell to Earth after dying, and he fell into Snowpiercer world. And he has a daughter. uh, Because every movie is about dads now, guys. Every movie. It's about a dad, uh, and he has to warn the uh, the the spaceship that's coming back to Earth. Like, hey, hey, guys, the world got fucked while you're out. Everyone blew up. We all we all died. The world is a shithole. So he's got to he's got to go find the antenna while the spaceship has to go flying through um, gravity problems. That is, we we still have the team that did the CGI for things hitting a spaceship in high def and people and spacemen flying out into into deep space so they pulled that team back and they pulled george clunity back and now they're making a movie and that's what it is midnight sky watch watch people die horrifically in space while george clooney dies horrifically on the ground because he doesn't have his nespresso <laughs> he could have kept warm in the arctic if he has nespresso just needs his nespresso <laughs> this is all this is, a, this is an hour and a half commercial for nespresso <laughs> uh warm you, haven't, up you haven't lived until you've gone to europe and you've seen george clooney on a fucking 20 foot high banner for ad for nespresso on the side of a building are they are they actually good? Are those are those? I don't, fuck, I don't, I don't drink coffee. 
Uh, it's it's like a creamy coffee thing, and Danny DeVito also sponsors that. I'll they, have to put that on my wedding the, registry. The Vigil Espresso teaser trailer. It's it's another creepy movie about a guy who has to sit in a vigil for a, a deceased person, and then creepy now, stuff happens in the house, and it could all be avoided if you just turned on the fucking lights. <laughs> this pisses me off. This one pisses me off. Well, a little bit. I'm not, as you know, I'm not visibly angry i'm inside angry a little bit uh because there's a book that like is, does this kind of concept better so this is all jump scares and shit but y'all remember herschel like the herschel hanukkah book i do not that you read as like a kid okay this was a it was a little picture book it's like herschel and the 12 demons or whatever uh <laughs> that's the whole herschel and the 12 demons or whatever and it's about this like this devout jewish guy who's like he has to go through hanukkah and Every night, like, a fucking demon comes to his door, and he's got to outwit him with, like, you know, old, like, the old-timey how you fight a monster. Instead of, like, punching it, you have to, like, use its weakness against it in a creative way. So he uses, like, Jewish tradition and such and tricks all the demons. And I want that kind of movie because that one, you actually have to think about it. And you could have interesting things happen. Let me see if I can find the name of the book because I might you know, be misremembering it hard. Is that we never see like monster movies or like horror movies like that where the good person, the 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 protagonist, like finds a clever way to outwit the demon or ghost or something like that. They did in my episode of Goosebumps. <laughs> oh, oh, they yeah. did. See, nineties <laughs> stuff. That's a, that's where it's at. Yeah, it's all the older stuff. Here it is. Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. Of course, the classic. <laughs> you know. Yes. Shabbat Here. Shalom, motherfucker. There's there's the the listing, um, and they're yeah they're like demons who here, um, on the first night of Hanukkah, a weary traveler named Herschel of Ostropol eagerly approaches a village, where plenty of latkes and merriment should warm him. But when he arrives, not a single candle is lit. A band of frightful goblins has taken over the synagogue, and the villagers oh, cannot wow. celebrate at all. Herschel vows to help them, but can one man alone stand up to the goblins, save Hanukkah, and live to tell the tale? <laughs> it's... Jeez. I want that movie! Let's review that. Yeah. Let's read. Let's all read uh, the I'm book. I'm going to cut the one Woman 1984 trailer, because it shows absolutely nothing that we haven't seen already. Hey, I'm Gucci with um, that. And we'll instead talk mm. about the very excellent Mr. Dundee, which is just <laughs> fucking Paul Hogan does debauchery for 90 minutes with his celebrity friends, and I'm about it. <laughs> yep. It's just very blatant. Like, this is this is what Adam Sandler wants his movies to be. He's not... Adam Sandler isn't brave enough <laughs> to make a movie like this. <laughs> You've got a knife, but my like, knife's bigger. That's not the line. I've been doing this for 20 years. I think I know the line. That one sent me. It's good. I like it. It's funny. It should be should be fine. All right. That's trailers. Let's go to the follow-up now. I'm moving quickly because we spent 45 fucking minutes on Disney stuff. Um, Crudes, New Age, still number one, $4.4 million, down 54.3%. Still don't have enough reviews to do it for the Spotlight film because despite millions of dollars worth of people watching it uh, there's apparently only 32 reviews on imdb i i don't know if if this is like a money laundering scheme because apparently no one's watching this movie (laughs) 
Um, Number two, we have our spotlight film this week, Half Brothers, a very distant number two, $700,000. With more reviews. Not necessarily more correct reviews. It has enough reviews. There's 13 user reviews to the 32 of the Crudes, but given how many more people supposedly saw the Crudes, I, I don't know what to make of that. Except the fact that um, this movie is not being well-reviewed. This has a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. 30 Metacritic score. Uh, Film Sage gave it a positive review. LA Times gave it a 50. RogerEbert.com gave it a 50. Variety 30. New York Times gave it a 20. Austin Chronicle also gave it a 20. Um, So it's not super well-reviewed. But I found real people with real reviewer traits... Uh, who gave this a positive review? Uh, like K Dinkle four nine zero five nine, with his ten out of ten reviews submitted December 9th, twenty twenty. Oh, I wanted to see if it was like yesterday. I don't know what date it is anymore, despite having an advent calendar. Um, warning spoilers. Great movie. I never write reviews. Never. But I just got out of this movie and I couldn't disagree more with the negative reviews, so I had to say something. Absolutely hilarious in content and physical comedy, but paired with scenes that had huge emotional moments. At the beginning of the movie, I honestly didn't know how Renento was going to be okay with his half-brother or at peace with his father. How could he ever be okay with what happened? Question mark. But his father was human. He loved him deeply and made huge mistakes. But that isn't the... Ha- that isn't he half brother's fault. <laughs> there were small moments that could be viewed as political, but I was definitely not in your face, quote unquote. Um. Uh. That All in all, I was very much suggested, and I'm going to tell my family and friends about it. Zero out of one found it helpful. Um. Oh, good. <laughs> hey, quick sidebar question: Have you ever used um, percussive oh. maintenance to fix a computer issue? Uh, sometimes I can hear that fan now. So yeah. Jake's having Jake's having technical. I don't know what's happening. Um, sounds Jake like the will, bearing. Jake might will be very shortly be ejected from our podcast. I don't know if that's my CPU fan or if it's my. Jake, did you go? Kind did of, you get a curse? It kind of sounds like Nvidia you have a card. wire in the fan blades. Yeah, that's what that's what it sounds like. Jake got a Jake. He his his chia pet grew too big, and the roots got into the <laughs> fucking. I'm gonna fan. try to shake it real quick. Hold on. All right, I'm just gonna go, pause. Go to the middle. The middle review. All right, we'll do mine instead. We'll, we'll uh, just while go Jake down fucking the scale. rattles his computer like a like a fucking baby that's about to have mental problems. Shake it like that baby, Jake. Shake that baby. Um, all right. So this has the energy. This is a 4 out of 10, but this has the energy of a, of a negative <laughs> review. Or like a really bad review. Uninspired bromance sitcom by Flick Lover. Mm. Uh, these days are slim pickens <laughs> for anyone who wants to actually. That's pickens with a capital P. Like the man Pickens, H.R. Pickens. <laughs> For anyone who wants to actually go into a movie theater and watch a film the way it should be seen, 
COVID has made theaters play old blockbusters, which I think is great, but the first run films have been at best below average. When I saw the trailer for Half Brothers, I knew exactly the type of movie it would be. A road trip story about two brothers who can't stand each other come to love each other on a trip to find out what happened to their father. These type of stories have been done before and much better. The performances are lively, but there isn't any real tension, and the comedy at best inspires grins at and moans at worst. The film also tries to bang the illegal, the illegal immigration subject home with showing Americans as ignorant bigots. It's so in your face, it's insulting. So there, Kurt. Uh, a sitcom without the laugh track. A waste. Grade D. Uh, six, out of, six out of nine found that one helpful. So there okay. it is. Fix it, Jake. You, you reach your hand in no. there. It's uh, it's still going. I don't. It might be the power supply fan. I don't know. I'm gonna have to turn it off and. It's okay. Now we get out what's going the on. wonderful treat of Jake's mic, right so, there. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. Hopefully, it doesn't uh come up on the recording too much. I might, I might turn down the uh the sensitivity, or I might disconnect and turn off for a, a hot second after the reviews. Um. So I had, so I, I found a better one under the two star. So for my low review, uh, Road Trip Nightmare by the Numbers, a perfectly awful, unfunny, mechanical buddy road trip learning, buddy slash road trip slash learning to be a better person movie that features <laughs> a goat for absolutely no reason except someone uh, must have must have said, let's have a character steal a goat. That'll be a barrel of laughs, which it is not. There was not a single genuine moment that moment in this misguided movie. Each scene seemed scripted by an algorithm. One scene at an airport ticket counter was a direct steal from planes, trains, and automobiles. We watched it to the end, so I can guarantee there's not a single laugh to be had that isn't forced out by the actors. The attempts at the pathos are bit are pathetic. I think pathetic. I'm pathetic and totally artificial. I could go on, but there's no point. Deep six, this one. <laughs> Two out of five found that helpful. All right. Yeah. Oh, Kurt, save us from that review. Well, Chris Clarice25 has a nine out of ten review saying, boys will be boys, but it's boys with a Z, so you know he's hip. Uh, Half Brothers movie review. Thank you for putting that in the body of your review. I had no idea what I was reading. Um, a film with so much heart and great humor. A fun time, and it's been such a long time since I've seen a movie both this fun, heartwarming, and funny. Yes, it's the common movie tropes, but it's done in such a fun way, and the movie keeps things simple. Two two half-brothers, just, just two brothers, getting to know each other, bonding, and fulfilling the right, late final uh, late father's final wishes. I can speak. Um, each uh, two half-brothers getting to know each other, bonding, final wishes. It's very good time, and anybody can find something to take away from it. The story is surprisingly deep at times, but don't go in expecting too much like it's Shakespeare or something. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. I really didn't want it to end, and I will be watching this again someday. Nine out of ten stars. One out of five found it helpful. All right. Well, so Jake has 
he's he's abandoned his duties and he's thrown the one star review to me uh while he fixes his technical issues um yeah so i'll read his horrible movie review uh so we got hook'em 2010 which is like that's also in it i that's my new game is it the name of a mobile game or not and this one is hook'em 2010 um horrible movie one out of ten the movie tries to put emotions and justification behind a father abandoning his family. BS film. <laughs> and two out of two have found that helpful. So it, it, it rocked it. Um, and then my last one. Uh, this is a spoiler one for anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled for Half Brothers. Uh, Argolan. That's the name. I love this man's name. Argolan. Argolan. Um, Argolan. Argolan um, this world. Four out of ten. Far-fetched dramedy. Uh, this movie is not very funny and quite predictable. The quick overview. A Mexican father leaves his wife and beloved son to go to America and never comes back. When the father dies in America, his Mexican son goes on a road trip with his younger American half-brother to figure out why dad did not come back to his Mexican family. What I liked... The acting of the father and the two half-brothers. The jokes about Americans who have a narrow view of Mexicans. The escape room-type riddles that let the brothers to their next place. What I did not like. The story was far-fetched. Most jokes were not funny. The American half-brother was portrayed as a real loser. The fighting scenes between the half-brothers were silly. The scene with the balloons trying to create ethanol was absurd. This movie is okay to watch, but I would not really recommend it. Three out of four. Found it helpful. I see. Seems. this. So this is just the Ridiculous Six. This is just Adam Sandler's <laughs> The Ridiculous Six, except they tried to make it for theaters. Something like that. Who is, who's even in this movie? Uh, Mexican actors that I do not know on a first name basis. Or even a last name basis. I feel like I know, I feel like I know who Luke Greenfield yeah, is. I, yeah, the director's done stuff that I'm somewhat familiar with, but I don't know any of the actors. Oh, he did. He's done. He does like. Let's be cops. Rob Schneider. The animal. The girl next door. The right hook. Yeah, his known for is not very inspiring, is it? No. Yikes. Um. Yeah, I don't know about that. All right, let's just talk about some some Vitero games because the Gabe Awards well, happened. We got some. We got to run down the rest of the box office here first. Oh, we got. Yes, we do. Um, That's true. Freaky is in third with four seventy four six ten. Uh, All my life opened in fourth <laughs> with three hundred and seventy thousand. Uh, one six twenty seven. Uh, I just had to put down the time code for when Jake uh. came back in. Um. All right. Uh, back. I'm recording. Uh, the clicking has disappeared. Uh, I think it's my power supply unit. So did your pinky disappear as well when you're fishing around in there? He's now four fingered Jake. <laughs> His girlfriend, big man. Um, big man. Jake, you really should have been like, I lost two. I lost all my other fingers. I just I got this one left. Just all I have. One left. One finger left. Um, uh, yeah, it's either my power supply unit or my GPU. Well, uh-oh. that's a, that's those a couple are things. both things you don't want to have go bad. Um, but no. them, they're both under warranty, so you should be okay. Uh, 
Elf in fifth, $320,000. War of Grandpa in sixth, $315,000. Oh Come Play in seventh, $229,000. Let Him Go, 208 Honest Thief, one ninety one, And my favorite Christmas movie, Die Hard, re-release opening in 10th with $189,000. And yes, as Peter alluded to, it was the Game Awards this last week. And I'm sure... Uh, in a in a decision that will cause no controversy whatsoever, uh, The Last of Us Part Two won several awards, including Game of the Year. Um, mm-hmm. I disagree. I I think both Hades and Doom Eternal were better games, even if you set aside all the controversy. It feels like it won Game of the Year because it had a trans character and a lesbian protagonist, and not because it was the best game of the year. Well, I think in a more general sense, it did feel it feels like the video game version of Oscar bait. Yes. Um, which is it was also hyped up like a lot to be to come out. Right. And I think I think even though it failed to meet certain people's expectations, I think there were some people who it did meet their expectations um, and the hype paid off. And I think it hit that nerve with enough people to make it, it hit that game of the year. But it, it, game point. of the year should go to the best game of the year. Like mechanically, The Last of Us Part Two was substandard and the story was well, like, you know, very hit or miss. It was like miss. an Oscar. It was, yeah, it was a dramatic well, movie guess- story. I guess that's the, that's a big question of like what what do you define game of the year criteria as? Like, does it have to hit all those points? Does it have to just be like I think it has good? to be. Have to have in my opinion, at least, it has. And how I award game of the year personally, because I do do that every year, is it has to be. Well, one, I have to have played it, <laughs> and number two, it has to be the best overall presentation of uh, story gameplay mechanics and just the fun factor did i have fun playing this and that to me is what makes the game of the year now i didn't get to play last of us part two so i can only go through secondary channels but i have played hades which was an amazing game i have played doom eternal which was an amazing game and i guess cyberpunk came out it came out after the cutoff for the game awards it's not after the cutoff for mine. So potentially it could come in at the end here, like Spider-Verse did in 2017 and steal an award. (laughs) Um, But I just, it seems like it went to the game from the, the, the like critical darling studio, you know, it feels like this is the kind of game that would have a four year consideration campaign. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, Look, the Game Awards is just, they try to make it up like it's the industry standard, but the thing is there's no, like, real industry standard awards thing. There's no Oscars equivalent for video games. The Game Awards really tries hard to be that, but hard as they may try as many celebrities as they bring in to present awards, and they went deep. They got some deep cuts. They brought Ralph Macchio in to present an award. (laughs) I only know that because I got a Snapchat from my girlfriend saying, I can get the Macchio. That's funny. <laughs> she zoomed in on Oh, <laughs> wait. 
did did he cross promote um he probably was promoting cobra kai Kai. i was like why the fuck would he be on the game awards is he promoting cobra kai that's funny um but yeah so like i i and it's they're whoever is in charge of deciding this whatever voting body they have if it's a voting body or if it's just some dude pulling fucking levers and taking bribes from studios it's just one award i i don't think that last of us we all knew was going to win some game of the year awards because people were like oh it's naughty dog made it game of the year just got the rubber stamp but also i mean i also see why they they gave it to it i mean it's it is a great it is a good game. I mean, I, I've watched the. Um, from what I understand, like the the gameplay was very very similar to the first Last of Us. Uh, the storyline and the um, the presentation of it was very visually stunning. Um, really good uh, physics engine. Uh, as far as like the diversity stuff, like the whole trans stuff. The reason why I don't think that might not have been like the reason why it got picked is because that was such a small aspect of the game. Like that it one is... the character who's trans in that game never announces themselves as to be trans until like halfway through you meet them and it's really not that big of a plot I, point. I agree with you in that sense, but um and like to you, me, and like most other people, that's a very valid point, but I know how critics function. Like, we look at reviews from critics a lot on this show, right? And there's this big, like, you know, diversity and progressivism gives them a huge hard-on, critics from major publications. So the fact that the game was, you know, so inclusive probably upped its stock in their minds. Now... They could have just felt that it was the best game, and I'm not trying to say that that's an invalid opinion, but we see it a lot. We saw, like, the most egregious example I can think of that we came across this year was when uh, we looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score for Doom Annihilation versus the Rotten Tomatoes score for the 2005 Doom movie, and Doom Annihilation was about 25% higher, despite being, like, 10 times worse as a movie a bad movie mm-hmm. largely and all the crit- uh, all the critics like called out in the review specifically the female lead like it's a thing that happens like i'm not trying to say that, that no yeah it's like the only but that's thing when that it's happens. like front and center i know but i think that's when it's like front and center and it's like okay if this game had if like um if if the actress uh was if the voice if the the main character was trans um and that was actually like a big plot point through it like maybe they were discriminated against early on or it affected a relationship in some way for them being trans but literally the only reason why you know that this person in the game was trans was because they like they dead name dropped them and like they, they she talked about it in a throwaway line as they were walking through the game it's such a small element. And my problem with like the internet and the gaming community is that they get so fucking hyper-focused on small shit like this that we can't just be like, oh, okay, that's that character. That's what they are. It's like we're not blowing up over the fact that somebody's named Tim. Like, it's not, it's just, that's, they're describing who they are. Unless it's Monty Python. Yeah. Unless it's Monty it's like, Python. <laughs> it's like if, if there was like a, 
a brown-haired person and they're just like, oh my god, brown-haired people are too prevalent in video games. How they dare are, they? By the way. It's like, no, you're just describing them. And we do get some gingers every now and then. Look at uh, Jedi, the, the Fallen Order. Uh, they got that. They got that's that. one. He's, character. And he's like, a good uh, guy. He's a good guy. Eh, yeah, well, he's only in like half the see, game, right? That's that's inclusion. <laughs> I, I, it's funny, but it's like it's also true. It's like yes, there are not a lot of games that have like ginger protagonists, or ginger characters at all. Uh, <laughs> ginger characters, and like same thing with like movies and everything like that. But Jedi Fallen Order, I might. Jedi Fallen Order had a ginger protagonist, and like it wasn't like it did not score any like points in my game of the year decision making. Uh, <laughs> but it was the Dark he Souls was a good of Dark character. Souls clones. Yeah. Um, it's just I have a problem with the fact that people shit on a good game over having a throwaway character that has something different than the norm a lot in society. Of reminds my me of the uh... impression like i did see a lot of that but a lot of the what i just kind of filter that out as illegitimate criticism when i look at the reception of a game um and a lot of oh there was only like oh okay that's best art direction i was looking at nominee categories and like there's a lot of games they left off there um but a lot of the complaints i heard about the game were with the story and how the pacing was kind of fucky and a lot of people were upset with how Joel died because it was so out of character for him. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people. Yeah. And I, to that extent, I, I sort of agree. I mean, there were, there were pacing issues. Um, there were some things that I, I thought, okay, if you want to tell this kind of story, you have to deem it necessary. In terms of the whole big death for Joel, I think they wanted to do it in a way that was shocking and that left you feeling sort of empty and helpless inside. And that's kind of what they got, and that's kind of what happened with it. Like, it's different if Joel had, like, sacrificed himself for somebody. Uh, you know, he jumped on a pile of zombies to protect him from protect somebody else from dying, uh, or you know, jumped in the way of a bullet to save his brother or some of that. Like you expect that out of a Joel death, and I think by subverting people's expectations, they were shooting for the shock factor, and I think they slightly missed with the fact that it's hard to do that with a character that's so beloved. I, um, you kind of want more for them as as a fan, uh, but I think that's what they were going well, for. The the, no, the they, thing they, they, they the thing that people. I I go back to is that like he would based on his character in the first game, he would never allow himself to be in that situation because he's just so paranoid and distrusting to a fault, like. We saw in the first game him abandon people sure. because the risk was too high to go in there. And so for him to go out the way he did by letting his guard down, it, was, it wasn't it was so much that it was a shock value thing. It was like, that doesn't seem like something his character would do. Yeah. I, I understand, and you could you could argue. I mean, it it you have to jump into like the psyche of a of a character in a video game, which is kind of hard to do. And the best way I could kind of explain it is like 
if I were to make an excuse for why he did what he did, trusting somebody who he has never met before, uh, trusting strangers, is that they're not in the same post-apocalyptic environment as they were in the first game, where they were traversing through towns and coming across all sorts of different people, shady and not alike. So, And they were very vulnerable at that stage. And I think they got to a point where they were in a settlement and protected and they felt secure enough to the point where they could soften up a little bit. You know, they haven't seen zombies for days sometimes. Seeing one roaming around was a shock to them. And they got comfortable and they got vulnerable. So the way I saw it was this new cushy lifestyle where they don't have to worry all the time made them vulnerable to attack. And that's what happened. Yeah. I have heard that. that he did put his trust. In I Joel. have heard that reading where like the character development of Joel in the first one, some would argue is what led to his downfall in the second one was his, his, he became uh Detroit become human. <laughs> Detroit became human. Um, uh, yeah, I've heard some, I've heard a lot of, the thing is, I've heard a lot of mixed criticism about this game, and there are a couple lenses which you can look at the game of the year. Um, one of the one of the things I look at as a criteria for game of the year is if you look back at 2025 and you go, man, 2020, what a great year for games. We had blank, blank, and blank. Um, in that sense, I could see Last of Us 2 being up there. People would will remember it. They will go back and say, when you think of games of 2020 and the rollout of the PS5, well, around that time... People will at least talk about Last of Us 2 and be like, that's a game that came out. And here's the thing with that and is like, I forgot that that game came out this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it came out I, early. Like I, Didn't that come out I post mean, this, pre-pandemic? Uh, I think it was like right at the beginning of it. Uh, like, I mean, this year, I don't know if it's a fair criteria to judge uh, because like time and space are just kind of fucked for everyone. Um, <laughs> the time-space continuum is fucked but, up. Like, yeah, when I saw Last of Us Part 2 1, I'm like, didn't that game come out last year? Like, it, it didn't stick with me memorably. I mean, I didn't play it, so obviously that can have a non zero impact on that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to move away from this because, uh, we will, we will have our more opinions on just the game of the year specifically. Yeah. Uh, during our game of the year, I want to talk about a couple of the other ones. I heard that the Among Us got a lot of uh, awards, or it got some awards. Pretty good. Yeah, pop out. There was. I also want That's to talk weird, about all the. Like, should Among Us be eligible for twenty twenty awards when it's a game that came out in twenty eighteen? They can do whatever the fuck they I want. Mean... It, yeah, it's it's weird because it's like it hit its popularity. Um... So very I, mean, I guess long you could head. argue that that they've made some changes to the game that would make it sort of a newer game. I don't know what changes they made. I don't know the patch history of it. Um, I know they've added a new map recently, but there. Yeah. That's what I also want to talk about was all the premieres and such that came out of this because this was more so than other game shows or game or awards. Sorry, award shows. Um, this one they do take a lot of opportunity to premiere stuff and debut stuff and they use it as like an advertising platform so we got the new among us map that was one of the big ones um 
That's the, that's the one I remember the easiest. But what else did they uh, debut? Uh, there were some or what like else did hyper they advertise? stylized games. Like EA has a game coming out called It Takes Two. It's a co-op adventure sort of game where you and your the the premise is it's a a guy and a girl couple who get shrunk down to dolls and the only way to to reverse it is to fix their relationship um it's mm. really something aimed at couples to play together my yeah. girlfriend really oh wants to here we play. go an evil dead yes um, the evil dead, dead game, game got announced uh, got announced sephiroth sephiroth is going to be the next character oh, master sephiroth chief in for... fortnite Ugh, don't. Sephiroth and Smash Bros. Uh, Dragon Age Four trailer got dropped. Perfect Dark reboot. The next wait. There's a te- Kurt. There's a teaser for the next Mass Effect. Yeah, it shows Liara in it, and supposedly it's gonna take place right after the third game. So, uh, what that means for a possible return of Commander Shepard? Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. what it means for like the canonness of the endings to Mass Effect 3 who knows <laughs> I don't know uh, we got Vin Diesel as as arc 2 arc- is is that a movie or is that a no it's a game it's, it's a game it's like so they're, they're it's hoarding a- in on cyberpunks we got Keanu uh, turf so we got they got Vin Diesel um, we got uh, Back for Blood, which is basically Left for Dead Three. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I guess they're going for. So I'm, I'm in, yeah. There's, there's game, a lot so that I'm that's come out, that. um, in there. But we are kind of treading on time, so we'll go through the last couple articles we have here. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is the biggest PC launch in history. Over eight million pre-orders. Seventy-nine percent of all purchased copies have been on PC. Forty-one percent on console. Um, so that's 4.72 million copies. So Cyberpunk is over a million units ahead of Shadowlands, which was the previous record holder. Uh, that did not stand mm-hmm. very long. Um, yeah. It's pretty good. I've been playing well, it so far. I'll have my complete thoughts on it when I finish it, as mm-hmm. is per usual. Uh, in regards of whether or not we'll be streaming Cyberpunk, I don't know. I've heard it's a pretty long that- campaign. And oh, there's, I, I, I heard, heard 37 hours. Yeah, like I heard 30. The reviewers said they, the reviewers said mid 25 hours is what he got. I've heard 30 as like the highest. And I've heard the big criticism is that it it's a short campaign and that the side missions are what. Well, that's every RPG. Fills it up. <laughs> well, I know, but it's like it's. The side missions, like there's more. Like we to finished it. Like Mass it, Effect in 30 hours. I could easily do a 60-hour playthrough of Mass Effect based on the number of side missions I do. How would your How would your rig handle it? I've I've been hearing that like OBS with. Um, I haven't tried streaming Cyberpunk it yet. Is, is rough. Um, yeah, my CPU I, I, usage is low enough where I think it'd be okay. Okay. Um, and I did. I've dialed in the settings to where the the you know the gpu isn't cooking anymore um i also just had to like flip my gpu fan around um everything i like i i I feel i would have the capability of streaming it but there are a couple issues with that number one uh nudity i don't have a way to live censor that and it is against twitch's policy Uh, yeah there is streamer settings well 
Yeah, no, they, they they really thought of everything, which is really cool. I like what they're doing with these new games where they're 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 thinking about the streamer in mind. And I think because like the other game had like a streamer setting where the audience could interact, and now this one actually will censor nudity. It will uh, change copyrighted music. Interesting. So you won't get uh, maybe we'll we'll, so we'll discuss it. Maybe not like it. right now. I think I'd want to finish. Or at least get deeper into the game first so I can kind of like plan out how we go through the world because I like okay. to have an idea of what we're doing, especially with an RPG where you can get bogged down in side quests. I don't I don't really like the idea of doing a hour 45 minute stream where we do like two things and make one like small step in story progression. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll we'll discuss that later i eventually I, probably but right now maybe not mm-hmm. now you guys jake you said you have the game too or not i yet? don't have okay. the game no. well kurt's been playing um so i haven't been playing but i feel we should at least comment on that the public reception of the game has been mixed it's been rocky regardless of the actual quality of the game um the first couple days i know people were very vocal about um the day zero quality um or the per- i i would even say the perceived day zero quality it's a heavy game to run like i have my computer isn't like top top of the line anymore um but it's still a pretty mm-hmm. high-end system and without yeah. dlss it's a struggle to get above 60 frames per second. I like to play at a high refresh rate, so my performance demands. Oh my god, there's something in Jake's bed. Oh yeah, you had, you didn't see that. That's been that's been the whole time. Yeah. Well, I just now I've he's got Arl he's got Arl Stein's corpse in his bed. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it took me a while to dial in settings. DLSS has been a necessity. Um. And my detail settings are, are pretty mixed. A lot of stuff is off or on low. I can't do ray tracing. Ray tracing tanks performance like a motherfucker. Even with a 3090, if you put everything on ultra at 4K, you're getting like yes. 28 frames per second without DLSS. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people who like have put the DLSS on. They It, it helps a lot with the... the the which unfortunately for there were some weird AMD, things. the new AMD cards, AMD doesn't have a DLSS equivalent. So you're just kind of fucked if you're on a 6800 XT or a 6900 XT because there's no DLSS equivalent. And without DLSS on, it's a struggle. If you're okay with 60 frames per second, then you could probably you'll be okay with mixed settings. But... Uh, if you want, if you have a high refresh rate monitor, which you probably do, if you've spent that kind of coin on a graphics card, uh, you're going to be in some trouble. Also, from what I um, from what I've seen, because Linus Tech Tips just did a, put out a full video where they go through all the different settings, ray tracing, and they compare the two. Uh, the game does a pretty good job at mimicking ray tracing uh, through its own processing power. Ray tracing power is bullshit. Without using that functionality. <laughs> huh? Ray tracing is just so not worth it. Like, it, yeah, the no, difference, I, don't, I don't think so. It, the I mean, difference it in visual quality things. with ray tracing on and off, for me at least, in motion, negligible. Yeah, it it 
makes it more immersive, I the guess. The lighting effects are more realistic. Extent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about it. But the lighting um, effects, sans ray tracing, are pretty fucking realistic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's like that's the thing that like they covered. It's like they they compared like ray tracing on and compared it to off. It's like oh god, it's like the one thing I will say, and the one interesting thing that I think Linus found out was that with ray tracing on, it actually improved their performance. Uh, because it was a more efficient way to do the uh, the the lighting, but it also I think sacrificed in other places uh, in terms of uh, I think it was clarity I believe it sacrificed yeah, there's, slightly. There's some so like, there's some pros and cons definitely between having ray tracing on and having there's ray some off. blurriness to the game in general uh, if you're running DLSS especially that you can mitigate a little bit by um, going into your NVIDIA control panel and putting a sharpening filter on. That's what I've done. And I'm pretty I'm pretty satisfied with how the game's looking and running now. But it did take a while to dial all that in. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, for the first time ever in Saturn Studs history, we'll move on to a joint video game review of Doom Eternal. As Jake and I have both completed oh, yeah. and finished the game. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was a, a good next evolution from the the foundation that was set in Doom 2016. Uh, they definitely put more effort into the story. I'm not sure how uh, how worth it, they it went was. Bold. Like, they went <laughs> they went really really bold with how much. Uh, they wanted to build up the world. Yeah, they they uh, went full on full court press with the lore in the game, and it's uh, I, it's just amazing to see like where whatever. Doom has came from as a game, where it's just like killing demons, yeah. to like where it is but now. But still, the fucking, all like, I really cared about was killing the demons. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like when you boil it down, the meat and potatoes, the bare bones of it. You're just killing demons. A lot Doesn't more demons, kind of demon and it's it a is. lot harder to kill them. Like yeah. you really have to learn what weapons to use for which demons, and managing, yeah. uh, you know, the different kill methods to get your health, armor, and ammo. There's a lot to keep track of, yeah. and it made the game a lot more difficult. And the one thing is, no matter how far you're in the game you're always going to get hurt by every single demon. Yeah. Like, you're, every single demon's attack, like, everything hurts. Even though you've progressed the entire way, you have all the upgraded guns, you have, like, more health and armor, you could still get taken down by a pinky if you don't know how to kill yeah, it the you right get way. stuck. It's, yes. That's, Getting stuck was that's really all, like, hard. Like, if you don't have BFG ammo or charge on your sword, you're fucking done. Like there's there's no real way out of that, and some of the boss fights, well, so some of the boss fights come back as regular enemies. Like the first guardian you face is the the like shielded dude with the floaty platform, and he comes back as a regular enemy. Yeah. And then you have the marauder, and fuck the marauder. The marauder, <laughs> dude. Fuck the marauder and fuck his ghost dog, dude. That thing came back. That thing would always fuck the marauder eat me and the ghost and dog like... he rode in on. <laughs> 
So they introduced, I don't, cause I don't think this was in the other doom. They introduced this thing where, uh, a, and a boss would have a tell of when they were vulnerable to attack. Um, Marauder was the first one to, uh, bring it up where he was basically immune to damage. Um, he had a giant shield. He was basically immune to damage if you, uh, didn't stagger so, him first. So, yeah, when he would so attack... So what he would do is he'd go attack That was your you, opportunity. His eyes would yeah. flash green. But the, yes. the, the annoying thing is he would only attack you when you were at a specific range. If you were too close, he'd yes. hit you with a shotgun. <laughs> and if you're too far, he'd throw energy axes at you. And then this fucking hell dog would pop up. And you'd be like, dude, what the fuck? Get off me. I'm trying to go mano a mano with this dude. <laughs> And it's something you have to constantly like. And focus that's okay on when it's just the Marauder. But when the Marauder's in there yeah. with a horde of other demons, and you have to focus on all this other bullshit. <laughs> there were many a times where I would just like run back and forth. On oh yeah, I would do circles. I just like try to I'd kill run, something I'd, to get I'd default health. back into my uh, Nazi zombie heyday and just run a train around and like try to. Try to plan and strategize what the fuck I was going to do. The ice grenade was invaluable uh, for a lot of those situations. Gameplay is good. Like we touched on a lot more increase in difficulty. The story was was there. It's it's fun. I appreciate the effort they put into it, even if it's just really inconsequential to much of the game. I did like the little callback to how... The original Doom guy is the Doom Slayer. Uh, that was... I, I was like, hey! But that was really the only thing in the story that had any sort of resonance with me at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, I still have to, like... I watched a couple, like, storyline videos, like, breaking it down and kind of bringing back, like, all the different Dooms. Uh, like, I'm not... Because I don't think the Doom guy from the 2016 version was this guy right well the is doom slayer is who you play as in doom 2016 yeah so that's the same guy okay but the doom guy from doom apparently is was like infused with sentinel power and became the doom slayer yes okay so yeah. it's not a reboot it's a sequel that was the big yeah twist i guess uh yeah. in this game um, the bosses were unique and challenging. the The avatar of Sin was a lot less challenging than the Con Maker. Con Maker was a little Con bit more Maker hard. Was yeah, yeah I, I figured awful because of one reason, one reason only. Like the the loop for it was fine, but there is it did this attack, and like by the time you got to the end, there was nowhere for you to fucking stand. <laughs> on the entire map without taking heavy damage. <laughs> that was when I had to drop it down yeah, to easy. Yeah. And it was still fucking hard, and I failed enough time where the game's like, okay, we'll give you this Sentinel armor buff. <laughs> yeah, I didn't... I never I never decided to take that, but d- did you end up I took it for that? that boss fight, just to get through it, because I'm yeah. like, I, I... Enough of this. <laughs> And that made it a lot easier. No, I, I totally understand like that. Um, and at a certain point, you're just like, okay, I know how to kill it. Like it's, it's. I got to the end. It's, it's fine. I've played the game. I've had my fun. I just yeah, want to get I just past want to move point. on and see the end of the game, please. 
Because you have to like kill, you have to hit it. You have to like break its shields down and then jump at it and hit it. So eight yeah, times he, or it's like, like that. I think it's six, uh, six life bars. So you have to drain all its shields down, six, which yeah. isn't too hard. If you have the lock on mod for your rockets, it's pretty easy. Yes, um, that was easy. Then well. you have to switch to your super shotgun, use the meat hook to grapple up there and shoot it six times. <laughs> which is an awesome which is, feature. Which is cool oh and all that. But you have the fucking maker drones buzzing around the whole time, which is cool. They give you health and ammo if you headshot them. But the fucking con maker's attack where it just envelops the entire battlefield in the red electricity and you're just, you can't, yeah. you can't stay still long enough to do damage to it. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing about this game is you have to constantly be oh, yeah. moving. Always be Always moving. be moving. And circle strafing and all that. And I, 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 I still struggle with this, but this is the game that kind of forced me to get better at using the number keys to switch to a specific weapon versus using mm. the scroll wheel because you would lose so much valuable time scrolling to the proper weapon for the situation. You would miss your opening sometimes. So what you're saying is when we do the next Borderlands DLC, we're going to make it our bitch. I should hope so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, did you you can you can just like press and hold Q and then uh, use that wheel to to swap and then that slows down time uh, at least a little bit. Yeah, I suppose so. I didn't I didn't read the key bindings to do it was, that. <laughs> it was a little hard. I didn't know it was about um, that. <laughs> sometimes hard to get used to. Oh. <laughs> then the game failed you. Yeah, you, you just like press Q and then it brings up all your weapons. Uh, that's how I always knew that I was out of ammo completely. Yeah. Well, I would scroll through. <laughs> like like when you be use like... the scroll wheel, it won't scroll to a weapon that's out of ammo. So when I would be like just down to my rocket launcher, that's how I knew I was like, oh shit, time to bust out the chainsaw. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it definitely taught me a lot about like, um, like resource uh, efficiency management. with <laughs> ammunition. Yeah, resource management. Yep. Chainsaw fuel, sword, sword fuel, fuel uh, char belcher, charge, um, all that, grenade, cooldowns, uh, yeah. blood punch. I basically, my whole build was centered around blood punch. That was basically how I did Yeah, that. there was a lot of different, like, charging things that you could There was a include. lot of stuff that you had to keep track of. I like uh, that. But overall, fantastic experience. And it has, from a technical perspective, it has something that I want in every game on PC moving forward, and that is dynamic resolution scaling, where you set a target FPS, and it will dynamically adjust your resolution scale to keep you at that target FPS. That should be in every fucking oh, yeah. game. Performance wise, like this game was fantastic. Seven is the optimized. best engine out there, and I don't care what you say. <laughs> every game, every like, Bethesda game have... should be running on Intex Seven. <laughs> like I don't think I have the most powerful rig. Like I have a twenty seventy, um, and I have, a, I have a decent CPU. Like it's not like the top of the line by any means, but I ran this game at like ultra. Nightmare, whatever, with like no performance issues whatsoever. Oh, you can run this I never on the Tamagotchi. Like you can do a 60 FPS on Tamagotchi with this thing. It's so well optimized. Yeah. It's what every studio yeah. should strive it, it's for. It's fantastic. Just like what every author should yeah. strive for is to write uh, scary stories for children and then have your manuscripts in a giant G uh, blow across the land and turn a golden retriever eel. <laughs> I'm back. Um, Goosebumps. 
Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Bop, bop, or bop, goose flesh, as they call it, Who's some places. Going first. I I will not volunteer um, to go not I first will. because I have to pull up my notes. Mm-hmm. I will because oh. um I'll be able to comment all on all y'all's. Yeah. All right. So click. Uh, season three, episode five. It's the movie Click, um, except without the depressing "my life is flashing before my eyes" thing. <laughs> So, um, chunky boy, um, young, young child, he wants, he, he watches TV and he gets a remote from armchair electronics and he gets a mysterious, he's clicking through his, his universal remote. He's watching the TV and then the, this, uh, the spokesman or whatever from armchair electronics comes up. He's like, be careful. I'm Tony. Be careful with your electronics. Now, keep in mind Tony, because that's important later in the story. <laughs> so the kid, he, he starts clicking, and he does it, and it's like, wait, I can change this. And he points at the at his little stereo, and he's like, I can change this. And there's a full scene of him like, eh, eh. <laughs> and it cuts between him and the stereo. And him and the stereo. And him and the stereo. And the stereo is playing, like, non-music, you know? Like... TV, it's radio music, Approved you know. For TV the subtitles say royalty three. <laughs> human music. Um, and he's like, "Oh, cool." And then um, his annoying sister comes in, Jeannie, and so her thing is that she's like a tap dancer or whatever. But you first see her at the beginning of the episode when she comes in, and she's like, "Dad, did you? Don't your parents say you shouldn't watch TV, Mom and Dad? Fuck you." And she's wearing, like, a tutu and, like, the most 90s colors, like, you think the teal and purple, oh, yes. like, windbreaker jackets. All, uh, I have a I have a blue and uh, teal mm-hmm. uh, fucking Winnebago-branded windbreaker in my closet. Right now, I can mm-hmm. pull out. Oh, yeah. I, I'll wear it for the final episode of 90s month. Um, but uh, so it, all the clothing classic. in this so what, was deliciously 90s. <laughs> Yes. Oh yeah. This kid. Fantastic. This kid wears two layers of denim at one point. He wears a, a button up, and then so these so were Kurt, filmed you, in Canada. So the Canadian tuxedo, yes. yeah, was prevalent. <laughs> that fits. So actually, Kurt, I should I should have said this earlier. Um, you know the main character in your your uh, episode, yes. right? Um, Dan Wary Smith is his, the actor's name, and he was also the main kid in this. Oh, chunky boy. <laughs> Chunky boy, um, oh, and he has just the the most dead smile. Uh, yeah. You know that. Not um, a lot going on so between his, the ears with this kid. <laughs> no, um, he grew up. He did a lot of extra work. So he's he's a lifetime actor. He made guy. a career of it. Good for um, him. <laughs> yeah. So his the, his sister comes in and she just starts fucking tap dancing in the living room in front of him. Turn off the TV. Turn off the TV, John. I've got to do the tap dancing. He's like, this is the most annoying shit I've ever seen. He pauses her, and that's when I knew this episode was great. Because <laughs> what they did was, they had the intern, and he told them like he was in the AV club in high school, and he had his own copy of a video toaster. So, a little, little editing software. He even had his own jog wheel. So, they said, all right, kid, you get to make the episode. So, what he did was, he took a mask of the, of the characters, like a probably chunky mask, and just hit pause on the footage. So it's just this this blurry freeze frame of her mid tap dance, and the kid's like, "Wow, I can pause things. I can universal control real life." 
and then click shenanigans ensue. So he goes, he starts misusing the powers, and the Tony comes back. He's like, he has his own jingle. Like every time he'll come up on the TV or on the radio or on the cell phone or the the house phone, he'll be like, "Don't misuse it. You're, you're uh, this is a cursed item. I'm telling you, you're gonna get fucked." Um, just repeatedly. But he, so he does. Um, he goes and he does. Um. TV remote shenanigans, which again is just the intern fucking with the footage. He's like, all right, I get to play it backwards now, and I get to play it in fast forward. Oh. And the one standout scene in in the middle here is he goes to school and there's a bully, and he changes the channel on the bully. Now, this bully character should have I hope he got paid more than Dan for this, because Dan's just like uh like the so much of this footage is him pointing the remote and giggling. <laughs> But this guy turns into a fucking, like, they, they run him through the costume gamut. Like, he turns into, like, an adventure guy for a second, or, like, a doctor. Then he turns into, like, um, like a Martha Housewives. They put a beehive wig on him and, like, a, and a power suit. And he's like, uh, wi- women who suck their thumbs and the kids who love them. Next up. And then it cuts to him in, like, a fucking bunny outfit. Like, a really awful embarrassing bunny outfit i'm like i this kid better be getting paid more than the fucking main actor because he's he's actually putting putting work in here um so then his buddy is like dude what you're fucking with the remote it's a bad thing it's hit it bad no um and then he drops it and so he the next part after more warnings he pauses family he drops the remote breaks it and they're kind of like paused for a little while and he's like fuck i gotta like fix this so they go to the they go to the armchair electronics manufacturer, and the place is of course derelict because I mean what's a cursed item without you trying to go to the store <laughs> and their customer services dead would die twenty three years ago or whatever. <laughs> it's a ghost remote, ghost. but um, ghost remote. They finally figure it out and he he fixes it. He puts the the one um, circuit chip back in its place, which is all it took. <laughs> And he unfreezes his family. <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, and the, you should probably throw this out, dude. Like, you're fucking up. You're, you're going to fuck up your whole life. And he's like, no, so, I'm so addicted. So I guess in yours, too, there was like, where's the, where's the spoop in this? <laughs> <Where's>... <laughs> yeah. I, yeah it's, well, it's, it's we're not even done yet. I'm not oh, even done. Okay. So he gets it back. And like, even with more warnings, like, you're really going to fuck your life, dude. And he... So he comes back into school. He's like, I hate you, friend, now. So he, like, shoots him with the eject button. The kid goes flying against the wall. They have a fight. It's like, no, don't do it. It's going to be bad. And and in, in, your, in your arrogance, in your anger, he hits the power button, and he turns off reality. And then Tony comes <laughs> up, and he's like, and he looks at the battery. The battery's low. No. And Tony's like, welcome to your new... Uh, VX or whatever universal remote universe. If you need to service it, just change out the batteries and talk to me. He walks away and the kid's like, Tony, I just need some batteries. And then it cuts to credits. Okay. So there is like a spoop. It's the best. It's the best closing. He's just like, Tony, I just need some batteries, man. (laughs) Okay. So there's a little spoop in this. Uh, I did attack of the mutant, which uh, has very little to no spoop in it. Um, I, I'll, I'll show this yeah. on the camera. I took uh, several pages of notes. Copious notes. <laughs> which wow. is basically just me documenting my riffing. Um, mm-hmm. So 
Attack of the Mutant stars uh, Chunky Boy yet again, who loves comic books, uh, which is what drew me to the episode. I also like comic books. And also has a secret, like, meth problem, I think. Yeah, dude, dude's on some kind of something. Like, he's... He's he, he sweats a lot in this episode. Um, he, he does not look well. Um, so the premise is he lives in an alternate universe where uh, everyone hates comic books. It's like looked down upon. Uh, and the fucking dad. And yeah, his, I don't know what's up with this dude's parents, but his dad is like fucking Marty McFly's dad from Back to the Future, uh, given corporeal form. And his mother is just like a space case to end all space cases. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. What the Joe know what the fuck was going on with her. But anyway, he likes comic books a lot, and there's this one he reads with the galloping gazelle, uh, voiced by and later played by TV's Adam West, who's put on Adam some West. weight since the Batman days. Um. <laughs> And uh, he gives a great performance. He works with the League of Good Guys, which is probably the best superhero team name that's ever existed. Uh, So anyway, he reads this mass mutant comic book and uh, his parents are like, you got to stop reading those comic books. They'll rot your brain or his dad, really. His mother's supportive, I guess. I don't think his mother really has Mm -hmm. the mental capacity to be anything other than. That's how he knows, because his mother reads those, like, romance novels. Yeah. And she fucking throws a fit halfway through the episode when he comes home, and she's like, ah, <laughs> oh, oh, my Kegel balls fell out. Oh, son, please sit down. <laughs> um, yeah, so he lays it on the comic, and then the mutant, like, presses his face out of the page of the comic book, and he's given form. And then he meets a girl on the bus who is so obviously the mutant. <laughs> like... Oh, I was going to say, she's so obviously Quebecois. She's a Quebecer. Like, I could... I mean, like, yes. That's all her I could actress, tell. It's like, she has her French her accent. This is definitely from the French part of Canada. But, like, I knew right away, I'm like, okay, so that girl's the mutant then. Because, <laughs> I mean, what girl... What girl like that would come up like, to a guy looking like that? Let's face it, this kid's not a winner. And, says, and this girl... Let's hang out because I like comic I books. I like comic books this too. This is the this is you should have listened to the simps. This is what happens when you sip on a girl. Yeah. Like uh, it was it was pretty obvious. My note is the girl is so obviously mutant. There's no way a girl looking like that would be into this fat ass. <laughs> that was that was my note. And uh, but he like he chats her up. I'm like you gotta admire the confidence in game though. And then they get off the mm-hmm. bus. He gets off the bus. Uh, and I have to comment on this on the bus. There is a Goosebumps advertisement on the bus in on this Goosebumps bus. episode. Giving it Perfect. two oh, yeah. thumbs up. I so thought, yeah, I heard nice. you like Goosebumps, so I put some Goosebumps in your bus and uh, the Goosebumps. <laughs> Dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then he sees the worst fucking matte painting I've ever seen of the supervillain's lair. So he walks towards so it's just, it. It's just a space because dildo. Because... I don't know why you would ever walk towards it uh, without any sort of plan. But he, he walks towards it, and uh, he decides the better of going inside. Uh, so he returns, and he discusses it with his friend. Now, his friend's supposed to be his nerdy friend. But co- collecting comic books is already sort of a nerdy <laughs> hobby. So they had to try to drum up an even nerdier hobby for his nerdy friend. And they settled on rock collecting. 
this this friend just that he's just like I like rocks. They don't look like he, me. He just That's what I like. All he them. does in this entire episode is stare at these rocks and not believe his friend. <laughs> it it looks like a duck if you look at it from here. It looks like My a favorite duck. <laughs> line of this is in part 2 when he's like, "You see, this is what I like about rocks. They don't like come to life. They don't look like me. They don't have pictures of me." <laughs> They're simple like that. So um, my favorite line was when the fucking Tarantin. dad by the way, which oh, yeah. is a little on the nose. <laughs> Terror, Terrington. Mm. Oh, oh. Mm, even spooky. though the even though the school they hang outside is Lincoln. <laughs> yes, the great Canadian Prime Minister and, Abraham Lincoln. And let, might I say that that set for the the front of the school is like the most like '90s Rust Belt shit ever. <laughs> the gray ass sky the transformer and power lines next to the industrial river <laughs> and just the gen the general like yeah we're here because we have to be attitude i'm like this is this is upstate new york at oh several God. times in this episode they attempted to create uh tension for scare only to immediately diffuse that tension and there was very little tension to begin with everything just kind of resolves itself almost instantly like when they're in the elevator and it's like oh my god we're gonna run out of air what it would open it's like no it'll open and then it just it just does it just opens there's no 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 drama to it mm. at all yeah <laughs> just it just happens just um um so he's, he's like he's like addicted to yeah, comic so they books. go into yeah. the things and liddy or libby I don't, I don't remember which one it was libby, libby. um is like, what, are you really going to go in there? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Don't think about it. I'm like, that's a good mantra for this show. Don't think about it, because it does not stand up to any it. sort of critical thought or scrutiny. Um, uh, yeah. My favorite thing about so, the elevator is that it has an emergency button, which tells me that even the masked mutant, the most evil supervillain ever, does not fuck with OSHA. <laughs> that's right. Uh, despite... I love I love this the the fucking layer. It's just the fucking bat. If they just went to Joel Schumacher and it's like, do you have the Batman and Robin set? Do you have any that you didn't use? Like, can we get some? Well, He's given like, it was yeah, Adam, sure. you, want, you want Adam yeah. West? He's been hanging out here for like the last Adam couple West days. never left the set. He's just been sitting in the corner <laughs> eating saltines and drinking water for thirty years. Um. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we see Adam West shows oh wait, hold on i'm I'm a little bit back here uh, um in between these visits to the lair he's at home and his dad's like i'm concerned about you son and he tries to cover it up with his algebra book and i have to, i only i only mention this because he pulls the most chad power move that i've ever seen where his he messes up and he says something about secret lair and his dad's like what's that what are you did you say something about a secret lair and he turns to his dad he's like are you any good at algebra dad <laughs> and he's like uh, me um, uh, uh, and no. he just and the kid just fucking what he does is he takes the awkwardness and instead of like trying to divert away from it he just fucking steers into the skin he's like i'll be awkward here with you dad till you leave <laughs> yeah um and the also like, oh, in the lair I'll, I'll go i'll go uh, so when they first enter the lair they're just in front of the worst green screen i've ever seen um yes and he just tom and jerry meets gene rogers or uh what's who's the dancer kid the dancer guy you remember that? There's all right. Never mind. There's a short in the '40s, The King and I, where um, uh, 
the tap dancey guy, the Gene, um, Gene Kelly. Sure. Yes, I think. And an animated Jerry. They do a dance with the, him and an animated character, and it's better than this. Is what I'm trying to say. Is a short from the mm. '40s has better green screen than this fucking yeah. show. And then he legitimately knocks on a Star Trek door in the middle of a lair because that's gonna do something with paint yeah. bubbles. Pa- obvious paint bubbles. The on most it. frightening part about I have a note. The most frightening part about this show is the bad acting. Um. Yep. I, I think it all is the. I, I remarked on the clothing and that Yikes. TV's Adam West has put on some weight since the Batman days. So the climax <sighs> is he saves. Well, he gets a comic. He's getting comics delivered to him, which is not something I remember being a thing in the 90s, but I digress. Right. Um, I guess that's um, the horror aspect but, of it. And in, in oh, one of them, in one of them. Subscription services. Oh! And yeah. one of them, <laughs> he is in the comic. And he uh, he's he's supposed to he sees the gazelle tied up in the lair, and he's supposedly the one who saved him. So he goes back, and he uh, he finds Adam West after he starts. Well, he starts seeing comic. Oh, yeah. like he, he sees, sees things like, and he's uh, sweating. Like he's a meth addict. Everything's like ink dots. <sighs> I'm not hungry, mom. I don't have any appetite. And his Why dad fucking roasts this dude. He's like, I'm not that hungry. He's like, Oh, there's the first marker down on the calendar. I'm like. Dude, have some oh, chill. <laughs> it's your son. That is, that is a typical parent, like, snide fat joke. Though. Um, <laughs> so the mass mutant is a chair, and uh, he tries to tie up the gazelle with a snake, and then the gazelle frees himself and just spins for a long time, <laughs> accomplishes oh my nothing, God. and then leaves, saying he's too old for it. So it's just... This is, it's, it's so beautiful because it's Adam West, first of all, and he's doing Adam West ham it up. He's full ham. So he starts spinning and he, he puts up, he picks up his cape, like with this blank that I have, he picks up, he picks up his cape and he just starts spinning around and they do a spin blur on it. And it's just the garbagiest effect I've, I've seen in a long time. And it does nothing. And with no yes. purpose. It has, has nothing to do with anything. And then he says, he makes fat jokes at the kid. He's like, I guess we'll take the stairs because you can't jump, you waste of a superhero. And he's like, and then, yeah, the mutant comes out and Adam's like, yeah, fuck this. He's like, fuck this. I'm out. I'm going. I'm too old for this shit, kid. Yes. And he just he just runs out of the scene. Adam West just walks out on this fucking kid. Yeah, so he just GGPOs. So it's him and the mutant. And the mutant is threatening to oh maybe i've got them so like he runs out the door after him but uh libby mm-hmm. shows up out of nowhere um so uh suspicion confirmed that she was in fact the mutant and then the reveal happens she's like uh there never was a libby and then she says this line and i'm like i'm f- i'm gonna be forced to do bad things to you i'm like oh well i didn't know it was gonna be this kind of movie uh oh she grew up to be a pro dummy, I guess. <laughs> and she shifts, shapeshifts into the mutant. The mutant threatens to tear him apart with this, like, anchor thing. Anchor? That's clearly yeah. paper mache. There's, it, he lowers it I'll down break you into slowly. Bits, and then I'll bring your bits into he bits. He lowers it down slowly. And then he just, like, kind of, like, postures besides it and, like, whispers sweet nothings into its ear, stroking it like it's a horse. Um... 
Mm-hmm. He, he writes the tear him apart. And he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm a superhero. I'm I'm colossal elastic boy. You, I'll, I'll bend, but I won't break. There's only one way to destroy me, and that's with sulfuric acid. And I'm like, dude, you should have picked a stronger acid, <laughs> like, yeah, say HF or something. Um, so the mutant tries to sh- shift into sulfuric acid, but it eats himself alive. Us, uh, because he can't. He turns. <laughs> The rule is his superhero weaknesses or supervillain weaknesses. Apparently, he can't turn into a liquid and turn back, which he should have taken into account. Um, I like that the boy, like he did, he fucking played the dude. Like he played it off like that was a mistake. That he's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, like I, I wrote down, like, you fool, I wrote down witty little bastard. Um, and he he, um, he does he but, outsmarts the horror villain, uh, as we discussed earlier, which doesn't happen often. It's, and then the resolution is almost like a happy ending. He becomes a superhero. He gets powers. <laughs> yeah. He like Fine. he starts. He's like he becomes a, not just a like a superhero, but he, like he becomes a comic yeah, so book that was character. The thing. So when like, he walks in, he gets hands. hit with this like beam of electricity, supposedly. And it, it scanned. It was a scanner and it scanned your whole body. <laughs> and it, it turned him into uh, a comic book character so he's not real anymore i guess and the whole time i'm thinking like so what was the plan here like what was the mass mutants plan was it to turn him into a comic book like what i don't understand what the goal of the mask mutant in this whole I, thing was i think yeah. i knew because the villain wanted heroes to defeat his comic run was getting stale so he wanted a new hero to defeat so he's still a villain, so he wants to kill. So he wanted to kill the boy, um, but he wanted the boy to be like a hero. He was hoping that the boy would be sucked in and be a new hero for him to defeat. But he was just a just a kid, just a fat kid with with baggy ass Jinko jeans. Yeah, so we, well, those aren't Jinkos. <laughs> they were they were generic <laughs> cargo pant jeans. So so pants. he gets home. He has ink on his hand. His mom starts washing it off, and his arm stretches, and then suddenly. Uh, she looks at the comic book on the table, and he, she sees Colossal Elastic Boy, and he's on the couch in his superhero outfit. He's like, cool! And then it cuts the credits. And, uh... <laughs> I did it! Sure. That's that's an episode in your children's horror. That was more of an adventure thing. There were superheroes. There Spooky. was no spoop. Uh, <laughs> spoop level zero. Spoop level... Sp- you want some no, sp- no, no spoop detected on the spoop detector. You want some spookiness? I got some spooks for you right here with uh, don't go into the basement or stay stay out of the basement. Is that, I think that's what it Among Us, the R.L. Stein story. <laughs> Among Us. Stay out of the basement, part one and part two. All right, so now mine was stay out of the basement. I'm pretty sure I had this uh, VHS. We had some Goosebumps thing on VHS, and I remember watching this one in The Mask, The Haunted Mask, all the time. So this was extremely nostalgic and like right off the bat I'm just blasted with nostalgia when the kids are saying bye to the mom they're saying bye mom and then they set everything up in the beginning and I love it it's very simple you don't have to think about it the kids just say hey dad's been acting weird you know in the basement he spends all of his time there he tells us the not to go in out. it well he duh <laughs> Well, duh, he's a botanist. That's what they do. Spend tons of time in the basement, you know, for plants. That yeah, he grows, he grows some, some okay. plants hydroponically and then uh, sells them in a back if alley. This was, if this was like <laughs> if this was like 2016, like 
This would, he would be like he'd be growing weed. Oh, he was growing weed then. Mm-hmm. Canada in the nineties, yeah, of course, he was growing weed. <laughs> so this botanist who had recently been let go as, from his uh, professor job, uh, I assume at Miskatonic University or some shit. Yeah, and uh, he's he's all frustrated. He, he's trying to to make a new experiment to uh, get back into the realm of the academia, and. Uh, it, it all goes wrong, mm-hmm. but the kids don't know that. So, all of a sudden, Dad starts acting weird, he's, stranger than usual. He's just straight up uh, abusive. He just turns into an abusive parent. He's, he's, like, abusive from, like, day one about, don't go into the basement. Like, I'll fucking I kill you if you go you into up. the basement. <laughs> it's very much yeah. like like when you see, like, an abu- like, that kind of toxic personality, which is how they say he's, like, not himself. But he's, like, it's very much that parent, like, what are you doing out of your room? Go back to your room. Okay, were you in my? Were you in the basement? Tell me if you were in the basement. Were in the basement? Why were you near the basement? Like that sort of like like this it's is like house, this a little dad. too real, it's Dad. It's a, it's, a, it's a little too close to home. Yeah, Takes the belt off. Oh no! <laughs> it was it was almost there. I swear to God, like it was getting there. The mom's so the mom's away, and the dad will play. <laughs> yes, the the dad is playing and he's playing with his plants and uh it's getting a little crazy he's frondling himself so he's acting stranger and stranger uh the daughter margaret is uh deciding i'm gonna go spy on him she gets woken up in the middle of the night and it was like sees him cut he has a cut on his arm and chlorophyll this green ooze is coming out of it and he's got leaves on his head Ooh, spooky i got leaves on my head but don't so call me that's why he's head. wearing the baseball cap it was a rejected line from the andy milanakis <laughs> exactly opening. <laughs> yeah, they they stole some shit from Andy Milanakis with some leaves on the head, um, and then uh, then he's he still like it's pro- getting progressively weirder and weirder where he's f- trying to feed them uh, goop. This green, it's mush just cream. I mean, it's cream spinach, but it looks like <laughs> yeah, goop. Yeah, they are disgusted by it, but they get saved by the doorbell when one of the dad's friends comes by or colleagues from the the university. Uh, they, they chuck it away. They say, no, we're not going to eat it. They lie to him. And then um, one of the things that uh, happens is, is they, the boy overhears a fight, a argument in the basement with this uh, professor from the university. Uh, and they're like, the, the guys, the kid's trying to hear what's happening in the basement from the outside. And uh, and he gets attacked by a plant. Okay. It's got, he's got a whittle. <laughs> plant. It's a it's wiggles oh, around. We should and mention grabs them and it's when they choking them. And when they go down to the basement, it is just the set from Batman and Robin. Also, like yeah. it's just the poison ivy's lab from Batman and Robin. It's all got green glow everywhere. I mean, it it even not more rainforesty, jungly. Sets. <laughs> exactly. Joel Schumacher is like, uh, I'm donating my entire set to the Goosebumps <laughs> Fund for bad acting children. So then the dad comes out and is like, what are you doing? Why are you, why, why are you by the window? He's like, dude, your shit attacked You me. told your us to go outside your- and play. Now you're asking us why we're outside. That's why I'm like, he's a, like an actual like toxic dude, like that kind of guy who's like, why yeah. are you doing what I told you like, to do? Everything they do is wrong. And um, and before this, he had explained to them that he was like experimenting on, on combining animals with plants. Um, so they know that his like experiments are kind of zany and crazy. That's a word. Uh, Some might call it unethical. And then he's like, "Oh no, Doctor." <laughs> yes. Oh no, he's like, "Oh no, Doctor Merrick, the guy who came to visit, just left." And they're like, and the daughter who's like, 
15 or something like that is like i no we you didn't see him go i didn't see him leave we're right near the driveway why no we've been out here the whole time he didn't leave like, shut up stop asking um, questions yeah so we're like oh shit he's probably still down in the basement uh, and then he's like i'm gonna go walk around in the rain for a while later that night <laughs> and so they <laughs> yeah so later that night he, he tells them i'm gonna be gone for a couple hours so don't fucking go into the basement he puts a lock on it and then the kids are like let's mobilize we need to we need to figure out what's da- what's dad is sus <laughs> dad is sus they uh they, they break they break into the basement or uh, no, maybe that's after. No, they break into they, his room and find. So he comes. They they find the answering machine. The wife is like, "Where's the doctor? Uh, he hasn't come home." She's like, "Ah, evidence, got it." And then dad comes home early, and she has to hide under the bed. And he's yes. like, he drops his wallet, and there it was, the wallet. And um, and it had a New York State license uh, license uh, from the from the doctor, so it was kind of. I'm wondering if they brought people from uh, New York and also from. Uh, well, they do border Canada. each other. Might know. have been on. <laughs> may have been in the St. Lawrence region. If Maybe. it's if it's near Quebec, right? I'm thinking. I don't know quite where Quebec it's, is. That's right, kids. I have no idea of your geography. Albany, Sorry, kids. You'll hit Quebec in about three hours. All right, so I'm guessing this is like is a St. Lawrence of, kind of region, uh, like a Toronto. The Toronto's a waste of okay. But um, that's sort of slice right there, the part of Canada. That's what I'm guessing. Anyways, um, the kid distracts the dad, and he's like, I got to go back out. Uh, here's a convenient uh, chance for you to escape. Um, yeah, so he drops the driver's license and a worm, and he picks up the worm. And a worm, yeah, the worms are the weird part. They're like, whoa, what are the, what are the worms doing here? Why did he drop worms? And then they see the bed moving, which I remember from my childhood as just being super creepy and eerie. Uh, they they rip off the sheets, worms, and there's a yeah. bunch of fucking worms just in a perfect rectangle on the bed. <laughs> just worms and dirt, and then it cuts a commercial. <laughs> no, uh, not yet. So yeah, so after that, they're like, fine, we got to actually figure out what the fuck's going on. Uh, so they break into the uh, basement again. And they find some. They have a crowbar and uh, some weed killer. Yep. That that's their Round weapons. Up. Weapons of they choice. They find some crimes against nature. Some some plants with human like faces. Yeah, there's a there's a plant with a human face. There's a plant that's a hand. It's it's crazy. They see all of Doctor Merrick's uh, like stuff there, and they hear some thumping in the in the uh, closet. So they. They get into the closet and they're like, "What? I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just a bunch of plants." And then spook ya! Ah, it's a, it's a man. It's their dad it's stuck in the closet, they're- and it's their dad. And they're like, "What the fuck? Wait, dad, you just left though. What? How? What are you doing in a, in the closet?" It's like that's the doppelganger. And, yes. So when as soon as they bring him out, uh, the other dad comes home and is like, "No, children, I am your father." And it's the classic. Don't, he is a clone. classic '90s doppelganger scenario. This it was this and quicksand were two of the most important things you had to learn as a kid: how to suss out a doppelganger scenario and how to escape quicksand. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, like, there's a really easy way to like because they have out the weed killer who. that can kill yeah, the fake just one. Just hit them both with weed killer. Your dad would just be like, "What it's, the fuck?" And then shouldn't. the other one would be like, "Ah, I'm melting." But. Yeah, they uh, she she cleverly susses it out again. Use your wits. I like it. I, it creates interesting scenarios and lets you 
play on the character because the dad says, it's me, princess. And she was commenting in the beginning of the show, like, he doesn't even call me princess anymore. It's full circle. We call that a full circle. It's like it rhymes. Yep. It rhymes. It's like poetry. (laughs) So she has her decisive evidence, melts the other dad. Uh, They... Goosebumps had to perfect as part of the proof of concept. They had to tell the showrunners, like the guys on set, they're like, we can't go forward unless you perfect melting person technology. (laughs) We have to be able to make any person melt at any time into a puddle. This is a crucial element of the show. Um, So, yeah, so they do that. And then there's there's always the stinger. That's the thing I've I I guess is coming together for me about the Goosebumps episodes. There's always the stinger. So the dad's fine. He's bald now because he actually had leaf head because he had like that was a side effect. The doctor's fine. The doctor, he gets his job back. Everything's happy. Then Margaret goes and the plants are like, I'm your dad, Margaret. No, I'm your dad. All us plants are your dad because his seed, I guess he spread his seed everywhere. (laughs) Literally. So, yeah, all the plants are talking to Margaret and it's it's creepy. So. They, they finish off the episode with a little cliffhanger for Stay Out of the Basement 2. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love I love Goosebumps. Brought back some great memories. And yeah. Yeah. All in all, go yeah, watch it. It's on Netflix. Netflix. Go watch them. Um, get, get slightly yeah, drunk and watch get, some episodes. Get, get, make a drinking game out of it. Um, I would not just watch them straight up. I don't think there's enough... Uh, unless you're nostalgic for it. I, I myself was not a Goosebumps yeah. kid, at least not the show. I've, I've read a couple of the books. Um, there was one Choose Your Own Adventure one that I wanted to look if they say, see if they did an adaptation of that that my grandpa read to me um, that I, mm-hmm. I recalled, but not really a Goosebumps kid, so I didn't have the nostalgia. I, I knew the theme song, of course. Right. Um, do, 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 but, do. Yeah. Um, here's your drinking game, kids. So, one, uh, take a drink when you see a person in denim, when a character is introduced that wears denim, when they're introduced, because I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of it. Two, when you see something, when an actor otherwise tells you that they are blatantly Canadian, (laughs) like something blatantly comes out from that, um, take a shot if there's something actually scary that happens. Yeah, you won't won't take too many of them. Um, what else can we? What else we got here? Um, Whenever somebody says overtly something overtly Canadian, like sorry or a boo, I, I think that wraps into that. Uh, the other one there. Uh, um, every time oh, uh, dramatic tension is immediately diffused. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time someone over the age of eighteen acts completely irresponsibly. <laughs> Yep, you're not dying. That knife through your chest is is nothing. Don't don't worry about. We'll get that out later. Uh yes. Uh, any terrible visual effects? Yes. yes. Oh yeah. Take a drink. I think and that'll that, cover yeah, it. That'll do you. Uh, and then as yeah, pretty much the usual assorted miscellaneous bullshit rule. Yes. You anytime, know, whenever, anytime something, something so ridiculous happens, uh, you have to take a drink. All right, so that'll, that'll wrap it up for this episode of Saturn Studs Podcast. A little bit longer than usual. Got a lot, had a lot to get through. Um, fuck fucking you, Disney. Disney. Um, so that, uh, check back 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be streaming something. We'll figure that out. We'll discuss it amongst ourselves. Uh, but until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace.
Bye-bye.